0: something Oakland let me tell you something about Tito Santana you're looking at a thoroughbred horse right here yeah well he's a the town donkey pulling a cart yeah getting some color that's what's gonna happen the cream rises to the top
1: (laughs) guys welcome to episode nine of getting some color I'm Joe Dubs and I'm the macho man I'm Zach (laughs) I was gonna do a Jimmy Hart impression but I got stage fright <laughs> sorry i i'm I've, I've been uh stressed out with work lately, and today was one of the stressful days of my life. but I'm here talking some wrestling with you guys because wrestling is one of my passion, and uh today we're gonna be talking about a little royal rumble nineteen ninety two probably. One of my favorite – there's going to be a day that we have to do – because I haven't seen all the Royal Rumbles. Me either. So I I think our homework is going to be – I mean, obviously for next year's Royal Rumble, we have to see all the Royal Rumbles, and then we have to do our top 10.
0: Oh, my God. Or top top 12. I'd say that should just be something that we maybe work on from, like, now till – Next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because that's a lot of Royal Rumbles to watch. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into a little Royal Rumble, I know Zach has a couple of news pieces that that's we, right. we could talk about.
0: First off, I did not watch NXT last night because I was going to watch uh, Dynamite, but I got distracted. So I kind of really didn't end up watching anything in a way, mm-hmm. but um, there was, i just want to give a shout out to Keith Lee because he just won the North American title off uh, Roderick Strong, and that was probably a damn good match. I'm gonna have to probably go back and try to catch it, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm glad for him because he seems like he's uh, his his stock is rising in WWE, and I think that's good because he's like uh, he's kind of unique. I think. It's like yeah. a a bigger guy who's like like. <laughs> I'll just be blunt. He's a fat guy wrestler, but he he seems to be very talented.
1: <laughs> he's uh, this is going to be controversial. I yeah. I he's a big guy, and I think he's better than Kevin Owens.
0: But Kevin Owens is like you could call him. A, I would call him burly, and he's dropped weight since he's been in WWE. I think he's he's even dropped some more weight since he had that injury. He seems to be just uh thinner.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh but Keith Lee is like a guy who's like Vader size. Yes. <laughs> but he moves a lot faster than Vader ever did. <laughs> it's like kind of crazy.
1: And he he does a lot of tope top, top, top rope stuff. So
0: Tope El Suicido, as Jim <laughs> Ross called it.
1: If he says that one more time on the face. interface, just stop it.
0: Why? He's doing it on purpose. He's trolling.
1: I know, but it's annoying. I, I, there's things in commentary in AEW that's starting to annoy me.
0: Oh, I mean, we've been annoyed with commentary at AEW since day one. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh, did you have something now? You think Keith Lee's going to be in a Royal Rumble? Um, I think he should be. Uh... Me, me and my buddy at work, I always talk wrestling with. Um, he's, I don't know if he wants or he thinks Keith Lee should win, but he keeps talking about Keith Lee winning. And I'm like, that's not going to happen, man. No. Sorry. Like, I think, honestly, I think Roman Reigns will win. That That's my pick to win it.
1: I'm still saying Corbin.
0: Okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens.
1: I, I think Vince McMahon... Even though he the, the the obvious is have Roman Reigns win it and get booed, but I think having Corbin win it and getting booed is probably the good way to get a heel to get that heat. A real heel to get the heat, not a face getting heel heat.
0: No, and you know what? I, I think I have a better plan actually, which is if Keith Lee should be in the rumble and he should probably throw a few people out. Like have like a good run in there. Uh huh. Including Roman Reigns, because then he can get him back for like the Survivor Series loss, um, and that would set up a maybe a potential WrestleMania feud that and they could get like a, a new guy over mm-hmm. is what they should do. But and would, then would it happen Cor- now? <laughs> and then I kind of like your your plan even just to help further establish Corbin with that heat. Is he could he could eliminate Keith Lee and then people would just fucking hate him. Yeah. (laughs) Like even more.
1: I think having any of the NXT guys be in the final two and having Corbin eliminate them. Oh my god. (laughs) Would like imagine Adam Cole versus Corbin and Corbin just fucking eliminates Adam Cole.
0: Wow. (laughs) I don't know if you could get more hate right now. I don't think there's anybody else like that's on. The, the regular roster, so to speak, that could garner that kind of reaction for getting thrown out. <laughs> so yeah, it would have to be an NXT person like Adam Cole or like... Uh, Keith Lee. Like Keith Lee or, or Ciampa or something.
1: Yeah, because if you have Corbin versus Roman Reigns, automatically Corbin is going to get the the cheer and Roman is going to get the boos. Um, if you have Corbin versus... You know some of the NXT that's very likable. Even Matt Riddle, which by yeah, the, which by the way I think Matt Riddle is going to be in the Rumble, and Brock Lesnar is going to be in there, and hopefully Goldberg is in there too.
0: <laughs> oh shit!
1: Because having Goldberg eliminate Matt Riddle, maybe <laughs> to yeah. to have a feud happen.
0: Have a feud, bro. I'm not your bro. All right, bro. <laughs>
1: Oh man, so Keith Lee, the North American champion mm-hmm i'm I'm surprised didn't Roderick Strong just get that belt?
0: Oh, well, he got it like in um I can't I think that was NXT started showing live on USA I think at the end of September. mm-hmm. It was like the set first or second week of September that it started. Uh, and on that very first live episode, uh, he beat Dream for the title. So Roddy's had it for, like, f- almost four months.
1: Okay, that's not bad.
0: So That's not that's not bad. That's not a bad run there.
1: Yeah, hopefully Roderick. I mean, I don't think Roderick Strong will go to the main roster. Right? It's stupid. Just don't split up any of the NXT guys. You're, they're on TV, so keep them no. on
0: TV. No, Undisputed Era should stick together as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so what what other news we got in the, the pocket?
0: Um there's rumors going around of uh, Lance Archer possibly joining up with AEW this year. If you don't know who Lance Archer is, if you remember Lance Hoyt from TNA, <laughs> okay. Uh that's where he had his longest run before and then he was also Vance Archer in WWE. He was like there for like a hot minute. They did nothing with him. He was there for like a year and just did nothing, and they released him.
1: Well, there was there was talks um, that Brian Cage from Impact was gonna go to AEW. And then I don't know what it is with fucking people with wrestlers' wives, but they always have to chime the fuck in. like no
0: that's not true well it's either they are really saying oh it's not true and it isn't true or it's like they're just trying to work everybody and honestly that's one of the only way that's one of the few recourses you have left to try to work people is to tell them no on the internet Mm -hmm. and half the time they've been telling the truth like (laughs) like just kind of keeping score of that shit like the internet denial like no 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 it's not true no like the new big one right now is Edge is like whether or not Edge is going to be in the Royal Rumble, whether or not he's been in Pittsburgh getting medical clearance mm. and stuff. And he keeps saying, no, 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 it's not going to happen. But there's like several people who are in like the dirt sheet, like news groups, like high up people in it that supposedly have sources and everything that that are just absolutely 100 percent convinced that he, he will be. Oh, God. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, honestly, it'd be cool if he does. And only if he's like 100% able to do it and not really hurt himself. It's I mean, the only way I'd be cool with it. I mean, the only thing
1: that I would say is Daniel Bryan came back and now I think Paige is on the track of coming back or something because she's getting the same treatment as Daniel Bryan did.
0: Um. She had spinal stenosis, too, though. That's, like, a totally different thing.
1: And that's, that's like, what Edge and
0: Stone Cold have.
1: Yeah, but I heard... I mean... I don't know. My thing is, don't kill yourself.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Don't risk your long-term health if you're not sure. Maybe Edge is sure. Maybe he's working everybody because he keeps denying it. But... uh that's all I care about is if he's doing it and he's 100% certain he'll be okay, you know, I remember, for the most part.
1: and re- remember when Kenny, uh, when people thought Kenny Omega was going to be in the Royal Rumble and Kenny was like, no, this is not happening.
0: There, there's an example of it actually being true. Like mm-hmm. all, them saying no, 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 and it was true. Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> um, I, I was going to say because I was talking about this, there's also a lot of people are looking at Matt Hardy going to AEW too.
1: It makes sense, but at the same time, you don't know. But but here's here's the thing. Matt Hardy's not happy in WWE. It's obvious because of the videos that he's making. And B, because they jobbed him. Uh, I forgot what match it was, but Matt Hardy got jobbed live on uh, Raw. I heard. And to me to me i think that's wwe saying he's not extending his contract so let's fucking make him worthless as a job like what
0: they're that's what they're doing to uh fucking dash and dawson right now the revival mm-hmm. they're making him look stupid they're jobbing him out and i hope they leave cuz it's just unless they just go back to nxt there's no chance of them being used properly yeah and
1: I would rather see the revival of the NWA.
0: Oh man, they would fit in so good there. Mm -hmm. God, they should go. Like if they could get decent pay and go there, like fucking do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think Matt is probably going to leave because people are kind of using this whole, Oh, I could leave. I could go to Japan. I could go to Mm AEW. A lot of people are starting to use that for leverage to get better deals. Yeah. Like, Randy Orton just did that recently, most famously. (laughs) I don't blame him either. But uh, I I think Matt kind of discovered when he was in Impact, like, towards those last few years he was there, that I think he's really into, like, the creative process of wrestling now, and he can't do it like what he was doing before in WWE. Well,
1: here's my thing. Um, In Impact, because, you know, in Impact, they don't really care about your health. Because Jeff Hardy just is like, "fuck it, I'm just gonna do drugs and alcohol." They even, apparently don't
0: care about anything.
1: Yeah, so. Even though Jeff Hardy still does it in WWE, he just doesn't get a TV time. Uh, in, yeah. in, in Impact, Matt Hardy was more popular than Jeff Hardy. Like Jeff Hardy yes, he was like Jeff Hardy was taking the backseat, uh, but in WWE, people like Jeff Hardy more than Matt Hardy, and it clear and. The way I see it, I think Vince was like, "I want to get Jeff Hardy, but then I know I have to get Matt Hardy."
0: So maybe I mean, there's been times when they've both one's been in the company and the other hasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like Jeff, I think when he left that first time in like what o three or oh4 or something, and then Matt stuck around till he got fired for like the the Edge incident, and he came back anyway and he was still there until like Jeff came back the second time and lost again or and left again. Mm-hmm. So eh, who knows?
1: Uh,
0: I, I don't know. Like I
1: want Matt Hardy to go to AEW, but at the same time I'm just like, I'm tired of the, these dark Gothic wrestling gimmicks coming <laughs> to AEW.
0: But Matt's dark gothic weird wrestling gimmick is actually good.
1: <laughs> like, it is, like, but I feel like fucking Tony Khan is just going to be like, let's put Orange Cassidy in this shot. The
0: the thing is is honestly, I don't know that he'll fit in anywhere else at this point. Like Matt could go to Japan and but I don't know that he'd be able to do what he would want to do there.
1: No, I think he wants to be in the States because of his family.
0: Yeah, th- that thing. I, I don't know if he'll fit in at Ring of Honor now. I don't know what the fuck their end goal is now for booking because they have a brand new head booker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish yet. Uh, I don't think he'll fit in in NWA either. Well, I don't know. Maybe he could. Billy Corgan kind of has, like, this weird, like, <laughs> he's, he has a taste for, like, odd characters and, like, little funny angles and shit. Maybe Matt could work there. Could we have quiet in the decorum? <laughs> could we have some decorum, please?
1: <laughs> oh man. We'll get to the power in a few, but uh Yeah, I think AEW and I know we've said this before, needs stars. And it, ne- it, it it also needs fucking big wrestlers like they have warblow but but you're not going to see him until um i think it was revolution
0: yeah and Wardlow, nobody knows who the fuck that is as far as i know mm-hmm. like as far as i know he's he's practically brand new or he was just undiscovered essentially yeah and like and nobody even knows as far as i know if he's even any good he could be fucking terrible mm-hmm. i don't know uh but we went way off the path there. Uh, Lance Archer is a big guy who is a good wrestler. Uh, and they could really use somebody like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's also a dark, gothic person that would probably fit W. <laughs> AW.
0: <laughs> is he? I, I mean, I haven't seen him for a while. I just, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at pictures. Like, he has, like, uh, the trench coat and shit. I don't know.
0: He might... Yeah, maybe he is now. I don't know. That could be just something he adopted for Japan.
1: Probably. Had it be like, anime or something.
0: <laughs> that shit's kind of popular in Japan. They like that kind of stuff. Like, they have evil. That's, like, one guy that, that like, fucking excels at that shit. And mm-hmm. uh, Various other characters like that.
1: Speaking of impact, I have a small news that is kind of relevant to Matt Hardy, by the way. Okay. So... If you guys remember, Impact got banned on Twitch because of uh, Rob Van Dan's uh, girlfriend had a nipple slip. Whoops. And uh, Impact tweeted this out. Our Twitch channel is back up and running and added to the list of things that are hard to kill. Matt Hardy tweeted, quality tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Because <laughs> it is true. The, this fucking company
0: will die. No, it's a cockroach. Yeah. It's been on life support for a while now and in different times it's peaked and it's fallen and I guess I don't know (laughs) it's I guess it'll never die
1: whoever owns it now it's like if I was like either NWA or like AEW or any other even ring of honor there is some talented people in impact you could do the whole WWE and WCW when you know Vince bought WCW and just be like, "I'm going to pick these wrestlers. You, you, you the other ones go fuck off."
0: <laughs> but, I, I don't know. I, I personally, I c- I wouldn't want to work with them, mostly because of the recent decision that they have made. Now, especially if you're in W A, I just I don't think it fits.
1: We mean what fits?
0: Uh, Tessa being their world champion, that totally goes against like that that product, like what it stands for, what they're trying to do. Oh no,
1: you fucking buy Impact and just say fuck your. Oh, title. you're just
0: saying you're just saying buy them out. Yeah, I I don't know if that'll work because um, oh, what the hell that 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 company bought Impact uh, Aerolux or whatever, like their fucking logo is an owl or something.
2: Fuck the owl. <laughs> yeah,
0: fuck the owl. As uh, Matt's wife, Rebby would say. Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, like, I guess they had enough money to do that, but it seems like they just don't really want to put that much money into the fucking product in terms of production.
1: Well, it's, we said this last episode. Every time they do something good, <laughs> shit, it, it like shit's in their face. Like, the whole whole Matt Hardy thing. That thing was big. People were starting to watch Impact because of the broken gimmick. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, they just said, Matt and Jeff, well, fuck your contracts. We don't want you anymore.
0: They fucked that up bad. Yeah. Uh, But I I don't know what happened. It just seems like, oh, they got a hold of the company and then put some other people in charge of it, and it seems like they're just, like, kind of hands off of it other than getting them on that... uh, that channel that new Japan used to be on mm-hmm. in America. Anthem. I think it was. <clears throat> yeah. uh I, It's weird. I can't figure it out. If they got enough money and influence to do something like that, why are they fucking using Twitch? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like,
1: I'll tell you why, because they probably talked to
0: the world's greatest booker, bro. Bro. I'm on Twitch, bro, and I'm doing great, bro. You should get on Twitter, bro. Is Vince Russo on Twitch?
1: Yeah, and he does, like, this karaoke thing, which is
0: hilarious. What the fuck? <laughs> I hope he's not involved in fighting that company again. Like He probably is. They, they probably, I don't know
1: what it is, but I guess he knows how to talk. At least bullshit, at least.
0: He knows how to fucking trick people that don't know anything about wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm like how why do people keep listening to him and then it's like it's always like dumbasses that don't know anything about wrestling that listen to him you want so, you want it would be great
1: bro if your your woman uh, wrestler beats the man wrestler and gets the title bro
0: and then the women are trying to challenge her for the title bro and then it's just like the men's division is just cocked out of their own division <laughs> like I don't know how else to put it that's basically like what would happen. I
1: don't know. But that was a small news. You want to talk about some NWA power?
0: Yeah, uh, I watched the whole episode for this week. Uh, it was a longer one. It was like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's funny because I came
1: home from work, and I was dead tired. And I I decided to lay down, and I'm like, wait, NWA is still on? And then that was the Ricky Morton and uh, Nick Aldis main event.
0: Yeah, if you're not going to watch the whole show, at least watch that, because that was the best part. Mm-hmm. Um, Some people are like, still, I think some people are still like, rock and roll express, they're old, who gives a fuck, but Ricky Morton had like an awesome match without doing a bunch of flippy bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was just wrestling.
1: Yeah, and none of this
0: choreographed Fucking dancing! Which... It looked like a it looked like a fight, like a believable. These guys are trying to have a fight. This guy's old, and the other dude has age advantage and health advantage on him. But he knows he's been in business forever, and he knows tricks.
1: I'm starting yeah. to I'm starting to see that ballet dance bullshit starting to creep into NXT, and I'm like, no, what are you doing? Who's who's talking this right now? Who's who's helping? Who's making that shit happen? Where? They're doing all this flippy
0: shit. Sometimes that's been a one little blemish on NXT is sometimes it's a little too, too good. Mm. <laughs> uh, but like, anyways, like in that episode, they did a lot more of their uh, TV title tournament. Okay. Um, Some more people advanced Trevor Murdoch advanced. a a, a kind of a funny match he fought like uh tom latimer and tom latimer beat the fuck out of him for like three minutes (laughs) like it wasn't even close like he was fucking destroying him and uh it looked like he was gonna win at some point like like trevor was just dead and then he rolls him up in a small package and beats him and then then he was just like what and then everybody called him a loser it was hilarious (laughs) And then Trevor Murdoch just rolled out of the ring and laid there, and he was like, uh And the refs like, he he holds his hand up and he's like, "I won!" Like question mark. <laughs> he wasn't even sure that he won. That's how bad he was. Like, <laughs> but yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, oh, what else happened? That was cool. Uh, can you please? There was. Can, can, oh, go ahead. Can you
1: please tell me how Scott Steiner put himself into the title picture?
0: They, they he wasn't on the episode, so like it was just something they announced. Like it was just Scott Steiner is going to fight Eric Stevens for the national title, and it was like. See,
1: that's what oh. I, that's what I kind of hate about NWA a little bit is they know they know how to put on a good TV show, but some of their building is just like oh, I don't know what to do for a pay per view, so let's just make this happen.
0: The only thing I can think of is like they may fill in the blanks on the show, so to speak. Uh, but that they, they might have like required title defenses. You remember the old rules, like you have to defend your title at least once every 30 days. Mm-hmm. That's probably like what they're doing. Okay. Cause Stevens hasn't defended his title since he won it. And in, in December. Um, But I'm guessing they'll probably say something like, "Oh, Steiner's friends with Aldis, and he used some pull to get him uh, a title match or some shit." Karate—that's what I would say. Yes, there was also a karate demonstration. <laughs> that was a funny segment. Just—it it was like they just had question mark in there, like doing various self-defense demonstrations against like two masked guys. And it's like it sounds goofy, but it's it's. Stevens and him doing this. And so it's kind of funny. And just when you thought it's getting long in the tooth, like, okay guys, it's, I think it's, it's, you need to wrap it up soon. <laughs> uh, Sandow's like stutter Sandow. I, I'm trying not to call to him that Stevens is like, stop. I think I could do it. I think I'm ready. And he interrupts the whole demonstration so he can earn his fourth stripe for mm-hmm. his, uh, you know, his, his three stripe karate belt or whatever. <laughs>
1: I love fourth. that. I love what? that. I love that he calls it that. It's so like demeaning to the title, but it's like <laughs> funny at the same time.
0: Third degree champion. There it is. I forgot. <laughs> now he was going for the fourth, uh, and he was getting ready to like break this board or something. And he kept like like not being ready, and it was pissing people off. It was great. And then all of a sudden, the guy holding the board just smacked him in the back with the board and broke it like when he was turned around, I was like, what the fuck? And it was Ricky Starks. (laughs) I was like, what? Oh, okay. And that, that pretty much ended the segment right when I said, okay guys, let's wrap this up. (laughs) Good. And I guess that's supposed to kind of continue where they left off. Mm -hmm. So because he grabbed the mic and he's like, Ricky Starks doesn't forget, bitch. Essentially.
1: (laughs) Well, good old stroke
0: daddy. old stroke daddy. Stroke (laughs) meister. Um, they filled in the blanks for, remember they had two like vacant spots in the, the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I mean, I'm just being honest. I don't, I think one got filled by a ring of honor dude. And I have no idea who this guy is and I already forgot his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Marty Skrull? No, it's not Marty Skrull. Um, it was some other dude and, uh, I don't. I don't know him. I've never heard of him. Uh,
1: that's really embarrassing. Who, who was he uh, confronting or promoing
0: with? I, honestly, I can't even remember. I feel like just because I didn't know who the fuck this guy was, I just kind of immediately checked out. Wait, I hate to be. I hate to be that way. But
1: was it the guy with the girl? And he's like, "Well, you haven't been winning when uh, since you've been with this girl." And he's like. Hey, are you saying that because I haven't been uh we haven't had sex yet?
0: No, that's Royce Isaacs. Oh. No. Like it's this it was a guy from Ring of Honor. It's like the the whole implication is these guys are going to be like outside talent.
1: Flip Gordon? Is that the
0: one? No. No, Flip Gordon's fighting Nick Aldis. Oh. Okay. And like he cut a promo on Nick Aldis and it was like not good.
1: <laughs> well, Flip Gordon's not a promo guy. I don't know why he would have but then again, maybe practice. Who knows?
0: I guess it was just he was doing a promo and it like it wasn't like overtly bad. It's just like his delivery was not good. It's like he was over he was like overdoing his facial expressions, like he was trying too hard to act. Oh and, like and it wasn't in a good way.
1: You haven't seen the Britt Baker promo.
0: Uh no, because I was busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We'll talk about that in a few. <laughs> oh man, so man, it was a good good go go home
0: show, huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I, here it is. I just pulled it up. Uh, it's Dan Maff is gonna fight Zicky Dice, well, and
1: Zicky Dice is good. So
0: I'm he old. had a good promo too. Uh, Matt Cross is gonna fight Ricky Starks. Those are the the two. Blank spots. How how the fuck
1: is it that a one hour, even though this was a longer episode, a one hour wrestling show could show so much talent in that amount of time?
0: Because they don't have. Because, like Jim Cornette says, not every goddamn match has to be fucking Starrcade '86. <laughs> like like it, it doesn't have to be Ric Flair versus Steamboat every fucking match. Like, it, <laughs> It's like, it goes back to, I, I gave some thought about this recently and I was like, you know what? Like, does every match really have to be like long? No, it doesn't. Like, yeah, it's but... something, it's something about wrestling. Like nowadays, it's kind of starting to annoy me more.
1: Mm-hmm. AEW did it this week and it was kind of, actually they do it every week. What am I saying?
0: Yeah, they kind of do. And, and sometimes NXT's guilty of that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and WWE is in general uh, but it's like they that's the whole point of this television title in this tournament is like there's tons of matches going on but they're all short and it's like so much can happen in like that 6 minutes and 5 seconds it's, it's all in how you do it and how you think about it yeah
1: and I don't know man NWA is just hitting the right chords, and I I love that the NWA is doing cross-promotion stuff. I've always said this about every wrestling promotion that is against WWE, is cross-promote, cross-promote. If you all work together, you can put pressure on the WWE.
0: Yeah, whereas WWE wants to act like nobody else exists, Mm -hmm. use that to your advantage. And I don't mean like how impact always gotten into that really bad habit of always just trying to copy WWE or always reference them like in a derogatory manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying you can't take little pot shots because you know, that's something that a lot of the people on AEW or NWA do in a promo, but it's not so overt. It's like, you know, Jericho said, that was a bad idea from bad creative. Everybody knew what he was talking about, but he didn't say any names. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I fought, I fought Pac at Madison Square Garden. He didn't. He didn't say WWE, but everybody knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's like all this means to calling out like entertainers and fucking shit and not being wrestling. Mm-hmm. He's he's that's that's the way to do it.
1: So the one thing that I did see on Power was the main event, and I think Ricky Morton did a great job with Nick Aldis. But I just want to put it out there. Is this the first time we're seeing William Corgan (laughs) on, like, TV?
0: Um, Billy has been on TV in wrestling a couple of times. (laughs) The first time was on a random episode of ECW in, like, 2000. It was, like,
1: 99 or 2000.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about NWA. Oh, okay. Uh, Like... I don't know about if he's appeared at any of the special events or the pay-per-views. Like he showed up at that pop-up event or something like they referenced it, you know, when they were talking about James Storm and all this before. Yeah. But like, I think this is the first time he's actually gotten on a mic and like sat down and like, or said something for a long time.
1: I kind of, I kind of hope that they're not doing like a Billy Corgan is going to be a storyline. Hmm. Cause Billy Corgan talking on the microphone, (laughs) he's like, well, you know, these are great wrestlers and stuff. Oh, he can't do that. And I'm like, it it felt scripted.
0: Uh, I think he had some interesting comments, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was definitely like evident that he's not like, I don't think he had a script. I think he was just trying to talk off of his off top of his head. Mm -hmm. It seemed like that that way to me because he just kind of stumbled over himself so much.
2: yeah.
0: I uh, I wouldn't say he's nervous because that guy fucking plays in front of huge crowds all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think it was that, but um uh, I don't think there I don't think he's in it to like be in a story or anything himself. I think he was just trying to do like a Jack Tunney thing mm-hmm. like so to speak. Which... all the the authority figure showed up this one time and and then he made a ruling he told everybody to get the fuck away from the ring and actually leave the arena and the match won't start until you leave the arena
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh that did didn't that uh match end in a small package
0: yeah like Morton got all this in a small package and all just reversed it quickly and got the the pin mmm It's kind of like oh damn! It's like I I like that. Yeah, because I was
1: here's the thing: uh, when you have a go home show, and you have you put your title on the line, usually like common sense is like oh, you know Nick Aldis is not going to lose because he's facing this person. Yeah, even though he's facing Flip Gordon, because I don't think that's a title match, is it?
0: No, he's just fighting him. It's just a match.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, they could have done it. They could have put the belt on Ricky Morton, but uh, there's no point putting the belt on Ricky Morton. He has the tag team uh,
0: championship. There's more ways to end a match than to just have somebody be decisively defeated. Mm -hmm. Like, it's clear Morton lost, but it wasn't in, like, a super decisive manner, in my opinion. Like, it, it seemed like, to me this was able to reverse that pin and kind of got lucky a little bit.
1: Yeah, because he, he was getting his ass kicked near the end.
0: <laughs> that old man was kicking his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what I'm talking about. That, that goes to, like, the complaint about WWE's 50-50 booking, how it's always just, like, that guy loses. And then next week, the other guy fucking loses. Mm-hmm. And it's always, like, by pinfall or some shit. And it's just like or a submission it, god damn it wwe if you get beat by a submission it's like fucking embarrassing the way they treat it
1: i mean you could have aew's booking where kenny omega wins then Pac wins and then Pac says i'm gonna beat your friend up until you give me my rubber match and then totally ignore it and give him a <laughs> number, number one contender match
0: what, what? yeah <laughs> that made no sense exactly just you saying it <laughs> like exactly Oh my god! But it, that's what I talk about. Where it's like I don't mind like kind of weird finishes like that, or like a they cheated, or there's a du- there's a count out, or there's a double count out. Just have more unique, different finishes because if you keep seeing people get pinned, it just makes people get fucking tired of seeing whatever they're watching. Mm-hmm. Stu
1: Bennett had the the best line. I mean, he said, "Can I have some decorum in this room?" And then I've got some news. Yeah, he's like he he sets it up like he's gonna say I've got some bad news. He's like I've got some breaking news.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then uh, he's like, oh, as per William Corgan, because that's how he says his name. You
0: know, I'll always call him Billy. I can't. I grew <laughs> up calling him Billy, so.
1: That's well, stupid. He's being a fucking Brit. He has to say it the, the elegant way, I guess.
0: William Patrick Corgan <laughs> has given me a decree. <laughs> That's how he should have said it. <laughs>
1: uh, any more NWA power you want to touch on?
0: Uh, Thunder Rose is going to fight Allison Kay for the title because Melina is playing 4D chess with her, apparently.
1: Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> I heard she cursed at her on TV. Yeah.
0: Like, Allison K was trying to do that whole, like, let's go, let's go, let's fight now, let's go. And then Malia's like, shut up and listen. It's like, you're going to, when I talk, you fucking shut up and you listen to me. (laughs) It's like basically what she said. (laughs) And everybody was like, oh, and then Joe Gallagher was like, I'm sorry, we're not supposed to have this kind of language on here. Like, he apologized, like, really fast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, ever since they gave a fucking live mic to fucking Steiner, now everybody's going to want to curse on TV. It's okay. (laughs) it's a edgy I like it
0: I like it but yeah she was she played like a 4D chess thing cause like the previous week she was all like uh, come come here next week to, to be ready to wrestle and then we're gonna fight and then she's like "We're no you're not gonna fight me you're gonna fight Marty Bell and if you beat Marty Bell you can fight Thunder Rosa for the title at the next pay per view and then I, I guess she just confused Allison Kay and she just agreed to it or just got frustrated and agreed to it <laughs> like, one of the two.
1: So, I... I, I guess Allison Kaye is a face now, because didn't she? wasn't she, like, a heel at some point?
0: I still think she's kind of in between, because, I, and I don't... It might just be me personally. It's like, I'm not really liking her character right now. mm mm-hmm. Because she's, like, I don't... She's always... She kind of annoys me when she does that whole, I'll get a face, let's fight now, let's fight, let's fucking fight now. And it's like, the fuck, you're not even dressed. <laughs> like, why are you so eager to fight people? Like, it's weird. Like... You have a problem? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how this will turn out. This, I, I guess, it will be a good match.
1: I don't think I think Allison K will win, and it will end up just the fact whatever faction they have, they're just gonna beat the shit out of Allison K.
0: I think they're, this is building to like uh, Rosa basically just getting like annoyed and then eventually she'll turn on Melina or something. I think mm-hmm. that's where this is going.
1: Or Thunder Rosa will win and they'll do the whole, you know, we love you we love you, but die, die give me the title.
0: <laughs> die, bitch they'll pull a Orton on her.
1: Yeah, pretty much
0: Orton won the title, it's like yeah, that's awesome, and then Triple H is like, thumbs down bitch <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn on
1: him <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I totally see that happening Alright, what else we got in the NWE power?
0: eh, that's kind of it. Oh, the Zinke Dice promo. This is is real quick. Mm. Like, he just came out unsolicited during a match. And he just (laughs) grabbed the mic from, like, fucking, uh, goddamn, I forgot, David Marquez, that's his name. And he's like, hey! And then he, like, looks down at the mic for a minute, and he's like, it's cordless, outlandish. (laughs) (laughs) He just starts talking, and I shit you not, he walks out there, like, just in his ring gear, and he's wearing, like, a candy, hot pink fanny pack. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. And he's like, hey, you guys, you need to know you got no chance of beating me because I'm Zicky Dice. And he's like, just he's just doing like an 80s like asshole, almost like a, I don't notice he kind of cuts promos sort of like Scott Steiner, but like not as crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get that vibe from him. He, he just cut like a funny promo. I don't know. I, I like that guy now. Plus, his finisher is the rude awakening, almost like a
1: Jim Neidhart kind of thing, where he's just screaming.
0: He's just he screams and he's funny. I don't know. He he knows he knows he's basically just being a classic heel. And I I, I just I really like that he used the rude awakening as as his finisher because I fucking love that move. <laughs> and I know dumbasses will just say, but it's just a fucking neckbreaker." No, it's the rude awakening. There's a difference. Yes, it's basically like a reverse stunner.
1: Just like Jake the Snake's fucking DDT. People, yes. have, people go, oh, it was only the DDT. No, a fucking Jake the Snake DDT was fucking powerful.
0: Yeah, when you got DDT, nobody kicked out of DDT. It's just when he did it, bam, done, mm. it was done. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I I guess I can mention a little bit, a, a little little tidbits about AEW because nothing really happened. I mean, shit happened that was funny. Um for the wrong reasons, but... I mean, the good thing I really like... Here's one positive thing I'll say about AEW. I like the whole themed uh cities that they go to. Like, they in Miami, they had Bash at the Beach. Now they're on Jericho's cruise.
0: Yeah, they're making more of an effort to kind of jazz up in their venues or, like, make their venues different mm-hmm. from each other, which is, like... <laughs> Kind of a negative about WWE production is like how it kind of became really homogenized. Very generic. It's like WWE used to not to used to not try to dress up the arenas so much, where they they cover up like how how different some of these buildings are. Mm-hmm. But like it's been like within the last, uh, I guess ten years, uh, ten or twelve years. They've made, like, a lot more of an effort to try to always make it look like this is our set, and this is what it always looks like, and no arenas look different. Yeah. Except for, like, Madison Square Garden and, like, those smaller arenas, like when they did the the, fucking old-school Raw, and they were at the that old Manhattan Center or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. The, the stuff that they just they can't do anything about.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is about, like wrestling fans these days is like we have to jam-pack the arenas i'm like why though because
0: it looks bad
1: i mean look at look at the crews i mean i think they understand that they're not like wwe they're not gonna have or let me rephrase this they're not like the wwe from 1999 all the way to like 2005. So no. yeah, they're not going to have that sold out crowd all the time. And they're, they understand that. That's why they had a cruise. I mean, the cruise had, I want to say at least maybe 200 in
0: the crowd. I mean, the the crowd looked good the way they shot it. Of course, that's like, you know, a trick. Mm-hmm. We, we all know that. But, um, like, I don't know. It, even WWE can't get sellouts at, tapings and shit anymore you always hear about how they have to like tarp off a section Mm -hmm. and even
1: even aew is like that with their when they started doing arenas uh after their honeymoon era yeah the seats were starting to get empty because uh, you got to do something special and i think them doing these themed cities i mean you don't have to do every fucking city because then that will just be overboard
0: yeah like I don't know, and some of this seems to depend on where they go too. Because mm-hmm. like I heard, like the the surprising one to me was when they went to Charlotte. Well, maybe not so much in con if you consider context. Uh, they went to Charlotte, and everybody was like kind of expecting there to be a good turnout there, mm-hmm. and uh, there wasn't. <laughs> it was actually the most disappointing of like all their shows so far in terms of crowds.
1: The Midwest, they had a lot of people.
0: Yeah, they had a lot of people in the Midwest, and Texas had a bad turnout, too. Uh, And I think some of that has to do with just how wrestling was in that region. Like, for example, like, Charlotte was, like, fucking the heart of Crockett promotion, like, southern-style wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the diehard, like, real wrestling fans kind of are in the southern area.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is definitely not what AEW is. <laughs> like, it, it's like they have so a little bit of that, a little smattering of it in there. Like whatever Cody's doing and Jericho's doing, but it's not enough. Mm. And Texas is like a whole other story altogether. It's just like I don't know. Like they, they're also you, they also had a very different style down there. Yeah. So,
1: AEW the first match was. Uh, hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus SCU. I'm not gonna go into detail detail what happened, but pretty much we got new champs. And
0: I, I did watch that match. That's that's the I did catch that one in the main event.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting that they put the belts on them. I guess yeah. to, to do this storyline where the elite are friends, but hangman Adam Page is like, fuck this shit. I I just want to be champ on my own kind of thing. Yeah. He's kind of being like the outcast. And the thing I hate about storylines in wrestling today is now I see, like, the story a mile before it happens. Because eventually we're going to have Hangman either A, turn heel, or him just break away and just, like, I don't want to be part of the team but still be face still.
0: This is obvious. This is a very obvious old oil and water tag team story. Like they've done this so many times. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was Macho Man and Hogan. That was like the the first real notable one. Make the powers, yeah. And then the mega powers exploded. We all know. Mm-hmm. And then the next one was like Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin.
1: Mm-hmm. And, then Ed- and then Edge and Randy Orton.
0: It was Austin and Foley. Like there was always Austin got like stuck in three of those. Mm-hmm. It, was just, it was Michaels, Foley, and then The Rock. I think even at one point.
1: Yeah, and I think didn't Steve Austin and Kurt Angle win the championships at one point?
0: I don't remember that, but like I'm I maybe. I mean,
1: like, I, mean I know I know they went after it. I, I don't know. I don't know if they won it though.
0: That's probably during that time where they tried to turn him heel, and it was weird, and he was like buddies with McMahon again yeah (laughs) it's like really strange
1: they were were trying to out hug each other with Vince
0: and then Kurt Angle was like just there he was like the third wheel at everything Mm -hmm. and he was just hilarious (laughs) (laughs) give him a little cowboy hat and everything
1: (laughs) yeah so that, that first match was really really long and I don't know not I'm not too impressed with it I think the Oh, the one thing I really like is they did an interview with uh, Hangman Kenny Omega. <laughs> Saw that too. And then like the Young Bucks came, and then like Hangman's like, uh, I- "I'm surprised, you know, we won it before you guys." And then he just like walks away. <laughs> Damn.
0: The funniest thing to me was just because I don't like Kenny Omega is like Adam Adam Page is like he. After he won, and that was the other thing that was really fun to me. Like, Adam Page just won the match by himself.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> having a beer, and then Kenny Omega's having fucking tea.
0: Yeah, he's just sitting there. He has like the little tea bag things, like hanging out of the side of his cup. I'm like, Kenny Omega's fucking drinking tea, and he has a smirk on his face. Like, <laughs> God, fuck. I hate this guy.
1: <laughs> the only thing I'll say positively about this uh, this interview is this is how they act. In every promotion they've done, and I'm not saying you need to like it. I'm just saying yeah. that that they're genuine. Uh, wherever they go, and they're mm-hmm. and they're not putting up an act to be like how WWE is. Like, hey, I know you have this personality, but I want you to be the opposite of that.
0: God, yes,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate that so much. So that that that's one thing I like. <laughs> other than that, <laughs> other than- that laugh. <laughs>
0: Because, I don't know why it was like really funny because I just saw the Britt Baker. Okay, that's what I thought you were doing. I'm like, what? the <laughs> She's Getting ready to get into some shit territory, I think. Yeah. So
1: Britt Baker had a match with Priscilla Kelly. If anybody remember Priscilla Kelly, she had the, t- the tampon spot. Um, she was
0: also in the May Young Classic.
1: Yes. And long story short, Britt Baker won. And then Tony chavon uh, chavani uh, goes in the ring, and I'm like, oh, this, this is when I texted you. I said, Britt Baker, just take the mic and say, let's take this ship all the way to Japan and burn that fucking country where Ryo's at, because <laughs> I thought that's where she was going with it. Oh man, that would have been incredible. Mm-hmm. Instead, she does a heel promo on Tony, and. He, she goes... One of the lines is like, Tony, I like you, but, you know, we had to drag you out of the Starbucks barista and stuff. And, like, they do a pan shot of Tony, and he just turns his head and he mouths... He, he, you see his mouth move and say, What the fuck?
0: <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it genuinely surprised him.
1: It, and it, it, it's weird because she kept on going with her promo and she's like, she turns to the crowd and is like, you're all booing me because I'm beautiful. And I'm like, what is happening right now? What is happening? And then all of a sudden you just hear JR and be like, oh, I had enough of this. Everybody we will be right back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Oh man. That's rough because I, I like her. I think she's got potential, but like, man, if she bombed a promo that bad, mhm she might need to be one of those people that needs direction. Yes. like Maybe she needs a script. Some people are like that.
1: I don't I don't know what it was. It just, it, you just heard me. She, her her thing lately was because Rio hasn't been defending her title or being on any of their shows. So I would have been like, give me this fucking mic. We're on a ship. Let's go to Japan and drag Rio out of that fucking country right now. <laughs>
0: Honestly, I think that'd be like kind of an interesting thing they could do with her. At least, like, it, like she's like, what's with all these Japanese people getting all these opportunities? Mm-hmm. Like, what's up with this Kenny? <laughs> like, she, she's got like a thing against Kenny and keeps calling him out or something or whatever. And
1: T bag like, Kenny,
0: it would maybe run the risk of dumbasses calling her a racist. That's like the only downside I could see to a story like that. Um, I mean, I think
1: you'll have, like, a few people that might think of it. This is going to sound really fucking wrong, but having Britt Baker say something semi-racist about Asians, I don't think we'll get any backlash as, like, any other race, in my opinion. In my
0: opinion. Like, I don't think so. I just think there's just a ever-so-slight chance of it, just because of how that fan base is, mm-hmm. Uh, is all, <laughs> like...
1: Well, that's why I would have said, you know, go to Japan and fucking drag her out of her country. Because that's basically what she's saying.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because she's like, oh, she's always over there at New Japan and all that. Or wherever she's fucking wrestling.
0: Or she could, like, do this thing where she could campaign to remove Katie Omega from the booking committee. Mm-hmm. And just, like, like I don't know, she could protest. And it's like he's biased. It's unfair. <laughs> and she's—I like, don't know. She's trying to get a petition or something. It's just heelish bullshit that you could do and that could kind of work.
1: But no, she went to the. Let me be heel on Tony, and let me say I'm beautiful, and that's it. And then Jr. That's, just fucking cut the <laughs> cut the promo. I was like he must have known. Oh, this is bombing. Let me get this off the TV.
0: That's probably the most generic, like as a as a female heel promo you could do mm-hmm. is, is like say something derogatory about the interviewer and then say I'm beautiful and you all are stupid. Yeah. The end. It's like I've never heard that before. Like, <laughs> like.
1: Yeah. And, and a couple more things I'll say before we dive into some Royal Rumble is uh Pac had a promo in like this fucking... I guess it was a Subway or an abandoned Subway. Okay. And he was in his wrestling gear. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, why are you in your wrestling... I understand you're all ripped and stuff, but like, it makes no sense that you're in your wrestling gear in an abandoned Subway saying... I didn't even listen to what he said because I was just out... Like, My mind was like, why is he... In wrestling gear.
0: It took you out of it?
1: Yeah.
0: Pac, Pac goes everywhere in his wrestling gear. Don't you know that?
1: Because <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm going to be the num- number one contender. And I don't know why I'm doing Stu Bennett or something. But uh, um, he just uh Pac is just talking his bullshit. His good bullshit. I miss,
0: I miss street clothes. <laughs> Some people still rock street clothes, like in AEW especially. It's come it's come back, mm-hmm. but like, Pac, like I don't if he's gonna do like I'm in a hood, I'm in a rough part of town, I'm in a subway, I'm an asshole. Like he could wear like a hoodie with the hood up and look like an asshole.
1: Yeah, he could have been he, he, he could have been in his trunks because it was like his you know upper body area. But Wear a fucking like a sweatshirt or a shirt.
0: something Mm -hmm. wear a turtleneck yeah wear a sweater vest Um, i don't know
1: (laughs) and i guess the last thing i'll talk about is jericho was pretty good on commentary um he reminded me of bobby heenan in a way on how he was doing his heel commentary yes and it's very uh very energetic i can't even say the word charismatic there we go
0: charismatic there you go (laughs) just i'm still thinking about when like pack was like he grabbed fucking moxley's head and did like he did like the jawbreaker move but to like the side of his head Mm -hmm. and then jericho's like "Eh, jawbreaker no eyebreaker (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck did i just hear he said eyebreaker (laughs) it's something bobby Heenan would say It was, it was just funny. Yeah. And then he was like, he kept putting himself. The thing about Jericho was he was putting both guys over. He was just calling Moxley stupid the whole time. He did say something, (laughs) um, something funny.
1: Remember when Moxley put up his knees while, uh, Pac was on the top rope. Yeah. He's like, I I know I call Moxley stupid all the time, but he did something, uh, he he started to say stupid again, but he said smart.
0: I know I called Moxley stupid, but he just did something stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he confused him because he moved or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Oh, yeah, the the match was pretty good, too, Like from what I could tell. And Moxley won, so we got Moxley and Jericho at Revolution. February.
1: Which... I saw it was going to happen. It's just like, I guess they needed a match in there and having Pac, which, by the way, was supposed to fight Kenny Omega, but now since he's a champion and makes no, or tag team champion, it just, I guess Pac doesn't want to be a tag team champion. He wants to be a solo champion because he's a bastard.
0: It makes sense. Mm. I, I'm also glad that he did get included in this because it basically does kind of confirm like, his singles uh, performance. Because mm-hmm. I was complaining a lot before about how, like, oh, the wins and losses matter, matter and shit. I'm like, why is Pac not in the conversation for this fucking title? Because <laughs> <laughs> he he was, like, beating everybody for a while.
1: Yeah, and we'll see what happens. I mean, right now, I'm just... The whole Cody and MJF thing, I, I I'm a little bit intrigued. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, so he has to fight fight Warblow in a steel cage.
0: It's and, classic heel shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, you have to
0: fight my friend before I'll fight you.
1: And I guarantee you either A, there's going to be a twist where MJF has another person that fucking screws him or something.
0: What if it's Lance Archer?
1: Oh shit, and he has two big guys on his little, uh, little team.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm Maybe. I don't know. Also, also, real quick, shout out to MJF. He made Excalibur kiss the ring. Mm-hmm. That was great.
1: <laughs> and Justin Roberts.
0: Oh, I, I didn't catch that one.
1: <laughs> uh, I watched it on the Fight TV. By the way, on Fight TV was pretty interesting because Jericho was being full heel. Then when the commercials came off and Fight TV was still going, Jericho was full Jer- uh, regular Jericho, like podcast Jericho. He's like, yeah, huh. We were, you know, Fozzie was here in the cruise and, you know, the fans are having a good time. Look, they're having a good time. And then Jared's like, we're back. And he's like, Mox is stupid.
2: <laughs> stupid idiot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was great. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, Dynamite. I mean, it, it, their fucking pay-per-view is like next month. So they they got a lot of story building. So,
0: yeah, we'll watch that one, too. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm still on the, I'm still doing the three strikes you're out rule for AEW. And I guess they had all, all out was a strike for me mm-hmm. and full gear was a bunt. Okay. So so one strike, they still got two, two chances to, to win me over.
1: Hey, I mean, that might, that might be a full year of fucking AEW and how they do their pre previews.
0: Yeah, considering how they're spacing it out. Mm-hmm. Hey, s- set us up for this Rumble real quick while I get a water.
1: Okay. All right, guys. So we're here at Royal Rumble 1992, where pretty much the greatest superstars that you know of, especially if you're, you watched recently in WWE, where they kind of bring out the legends. You know, you have your Ric Flair, you have your Shawn Michaels, your... your uh, fucking Ted DiBiase the British Bulldog every fucking superstar or legend is in this Royal Rumble
0: it's true it's damn true Mm -hmm.
1: and on top of that we have probably one of the greatest commentators in the world I want to say for wrestling and that is Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan Bobby the Brain Heenan
0: yes this is like one of the big classic duos for commentary Mm mm-hmm and
1: you know what, I'm going to shout them out because there's <clears throat> there's really not a, a lot of good interviewers these days in, in wrestling. So shout out to Gene Okerlund, Mean Gene Okerlund, Sean Mooney, and Lord Alfred Hayes.
0: The incomparable Lord Alfred Hayes. Mm-hmm.
1: And then obviously you're ringing out to down the aisle, Howard Finkel.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Finkel in his old, his younger years. I almost said his older years.
1: <laughs> Fuck. So, you watched this on the network, by the way? I did. I, I didn't even notice it, notice this because it was on uh, this card here. There was a dark match between Chris Walker versus the Brooklyn uh, Brawler. Oh. And the Brooklyn Brawler won by disqualification. So, it must have been a shitty match.
0: <laughs> it was a, eh, nobody cares. mm mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean the intro they had Vince McMahon do it again. Royal Rumble,
0: yeah. I loved that intro. That, the intro was amazing. Mm-hmm. The yeah. British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, the million dollar man, tend to be he like basically just went down the line and introduced everybody that was like worth something. What did, what
1: do you say about Ric Flair?
0: The uh The, the alleged world champ the, the, the alleged true world champion, Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> or some shit. hmm and then,
1: uh, yeah, the, great intro. And then, obviously, seeing Gorilla and and uh, Bobby Heenan, I, I smiled right away, because I, I've seen bits and pieces in 92, but I didn't see the full uh, pay-per-view, and I totally yeah. forgot that these guys were on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess the commentary, uh, the chemistry of this was really amazing, especially... The bickering that was happening, like there would be times, and we will discuss this in this match that I hate, and I'm pretty sure Zach hates too.
0: Oh, I got a lot to say about this one.
1: Is when shit, when when shit wrestling was happening, they knew how to fill in, and like yes, and say stuff. Because if they weren't there filling in, boy would I would have skipped the match.
0: See on. <clears throat> current WWE TV, they, uh, especially on pay-per-views, they try to do this, but it's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I, I don't know what's going on, why they can't. It's probably because the way commentary is done nowadays, which is like you get yelled at in your, your headphones about what you're supposed to say.
2: Mm-hmm. Whereas
0: before, they kind of just said whatever
1: mm-hmm.
0: up to a point, I believe.
1: Uh, well, I think with people like Gorilla and and Bobby Heenan, if somebody was yelling in the air, be like, "Fuck you! I'm going to WCW then." <laughs>
0: hey, like it, in the early '90s, specifically, like uh, like from the '80s up to like I want to say maybe about the mid late '90s, mm-hmm. I don't think commentary was directed. I think it was just up to whoever was behind the desk to like direct the show, so so to speak, with their words. Um. Yeah, I think they started doing, like, getting fed lines and shit, like, in the later 90s and the 2000s is oh. when they really started
1: doing it. Oh, you mean when Kevin Dunn started taking control of shit?
0: I think so, yeah. Like, I remember hearing that from somewhere. But, um, yeah, whenever they try to do that nowadays, it's awful. It's like they all, like, just tell jokes or, or something or, 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 like, rag on each other. Mm. And it's not really funny or entertaining, at all <laughs> it's honestly like kind of embarrassing it makes it seem more like they don't give it uh, give a shit about what's going on in the ring at all mm. it's like they they don't find a way to like constructively like make up for whatever fail failings the match has
1: yeah like um and i guess i'll give you an example with the the beverly brothers versus the bushwhackers uh The uh, Jamison person, that nerdy Jewish guy, oh god, um, like they had Bobby Heenan say, Oh, look at that grease on his hair, like doing those like disses and stuff. Like, I was like, Aha, that's funny. Like, or uh, when uh, you know, Jamison took uh, the genus's uh, cap, and so he's like, Oh, now you have to burn it. Like, like the touches on that was pretty awesome to do.
0: Yeah, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, though. Yes,
1: yeah, so let's get into the first match: the new foundation with Jim Neidhart and Owen Hart versus. Uh, now, Zach, <laughs> if you had an Asian, uh, two Asian uh, superstars or wrestlers, I should say, and you, you had to name them as like a, a train, like an express or something like that, what would you call them?
0: The Orient Express. Yeah, and
1: I don't know what it is, man, but, like, all the Asian (laughs) tag teams are, like, very racy in a way, a little bit. Even though Oriental is not really a racist term. It's just like. It's
0: it's not.
1: It's just like they have to put, like, Asian in there.
0: Well, they didn't do that to the Jumping Bomb Angels. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they were just weird. It, it, it's it's like an anime name more than anything. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so I like Bobby Heenan's uh, comment about the new foundation.
0: What are they wearing pajamas? It's <laughs> like stop it, girl. <laughs> 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 Always trying to be the straight man. Always trying to keep decorum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what do you think of this match?
1: First of all, Tanaka, fucking. Was really good. Uh, I thought
0: you, I thought for a second, like I misread what you were saying, and I thought you said, Is that Tatanka? <laughs> and then I was like, Is Tatanka in that show? And then like I, I watched that match and I'm like, That's not Tatanka. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, That's Tanaka.
1: And again, managers, Mr. Fuji.
0: Mr. Fuji's a great manager.
1: And it, it, I thought this match was really good. I I will say, I agree with Bobby Heenan on the whole pajama thing. I was like, what is the new foundation? That's I mean, that's totally nineties.
0: Early nineties.
1: But <laughs> that's not Jim Ninehart, Owen Hart colors, in my opinion. It
0: It was not cool. Yeah. Is <laughs> weird. Like it that's like uh, Owen went through this phase and he was still in this phase at this time, apparently, where he came in as a baby face first. And that's really interesting because when most people think of Owen Hart, they remember him for his heel work. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, he was amazing. He was an amazing heel, in my opinion. But uh, I, it had been a super long time since i seen him work as a babyface. And, like, honestly, I feel like this match was more like a showcase for him more than anything. Yes. I mean, Jim, not... <laughs>
1: Even though Bobby Heenan's like, look at this nutcase. Speaking of Jim, Jim Neidhart, he's a nut. Stop saying that. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jim Neidhart was like fucking. He. What I really like about Jim Neidhart is his moves look like they fucking
0: hurt. Yeah, he He's a solid guy, and he knows how to like use his weight to his advantage. Mm-hmm. He's like a stocky, just burly dude. Yeah, because if he did
1: a body slam, you're getting fucking body slam. If you're doing the suplex, you better fucking brace for impact because that's going to be one powerful suplex.
0: When he shoulder checks you, the, the, the shoulder block as they call it, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going down. What?
1: I don't know what it is with the Hart family, but every time, because like, I think Owen Hart did it, where he like went into the turnbuckle, he like, fucking ran into the turnbuckle and just like,
0: the sternum first, turnbuckle cell, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot that Owen, did, that's that's a Brett move, I I thought, usually. Yeah, it was a Brett move, but I'm, I
1: I I was like, man, Brett probably taught Owen that.
0: And I was like, oh, fuck. And, like, they both do it the same way. It's, like, exact. It's like, when Brett does it, it fucking sounds awful, and he just collapses. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it looks like it hurts, and no one did it the same exact way. I was like, oh my god, every time I see it, I'm just like, fuck. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Orient Express, uh, Tanaka was very noticeable. uh, Kato, or Kaido, I don't know how you say his name. Uh, Kato. Kato, the mask guy, I was like, didn't really care for him. Like I said, Tanaka stole the show. Tanaka had a bunch of good moves, and Owen Hart... Was fucking going insane off of the top rope.
0: Yeah, that—that's what I was referencing with his babyface work. Is uh, Owen did a lot more agility and kind of high-flying base moves. Uh, than like he never did any of that stuff. Like when he was heel, mm-hmm. o- for obvious reasons. But uh, I was like, I, I forgot that Owen could do a lot of that stuff. Like before he came to WWF, it, when he worked in like Japan and everything before. Mm -hmm. He had earned a reputation as, like, a high-flying technical wrestler. (laughs) And so it was, like, kind of like the – he had, like, a different skill set from Brett. Like, just – he tried to strike out as a high-flyer a little bit. Yeah. And he figured out, I guess, we turned heel. It's like, well, you can't fly high anymore because people cheer that shit. So I'm just going to be an asshole. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I think the end of this match, I think they made a mistake because I didn't see Owen Hart get tagged in. And I think Jim Neidhart was the legal man, but like, <laughs> I think uh, Tanaka was on the uh, on the mat or or Cato whatever, um, and like Jim Neidhart got, came in the ring and did the rocket launcher with Owen Hart. Yeah, and then uh, Owen Hart did the pin, and I was like, oh, wait a second, I didn't even see a tag happen, and and I think this is the first time where I was like, there was so much chaos in this match. I was like, "Wow, there was chaos. There was some chaos in
0: the '90s, huh?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I followed up on something. I had a sneaking suspicion that Kato was not Asian, yeah. and I was correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 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 guys, uh, the guy was actually usually known as Paul Diamond,
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I, I I got a look at it and I was like, I saw. I, I saw he had blue eyes. I'm like, that dude's not fucking Asian. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dude in a mask. And they're trying to say he's Asian, <laughs> like, which is like an old trick they used to do all the time.
1: Hey, yeah, I bet you, um, man is like Tanaki got a partner. He ain't Asian.
0: <laughs> put, the, um, put this mask on. Trying to think of, uh, what other things I noticed about this match? Uh,
1: it went 17 minutes, this match.
0: Yeah, it was kind of long, but I didn't really – I didn't feel it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it Like, Owen got his ass kicked most of the match. Yes. Like, the the Orient Express got a bunch of heat for a long time, and they were building up Neidhart coming in to, to clean house. And when it happened, when Neidhart got that tag, it blew the stack off. Yes. <laughs> like, it was crazy. <laughs> um, Man, that part where uh, – like they're Fuji hit Owen with his cane one time, like when he was coming through the ropes, He hit him in the throat. And then it was like later on after Owen got his ass kicked and he was trying to do like a comeback a little bit, and they stopped him. Mm-hmm. And I think they caused the ref to get distracted with Neidhart, like they fucked with him, and both of them got in the ring illegally. Mm-hmm. They threw Owen into the corner, and Mister Fuji put his cane up in the ter- the corner, and Owen hit the cane and it snapped. Like that was crazy. That was cool. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that sounded brutal. I it he, totally took me by surprise.
1: I thought it was going to stab them when they did a replay, but I was like, ooh.
0: It was amazing, too. The cane, like, it flew. You could see, like, when it snapped, it, like, flew apart. It looked great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have anything
1: else to say. I just, I was really impressed with Tanaka, and I was impressed with the new foundation. Obviously, this was, like, the, in a sense, the prototype of the the Heart Foundation kind of the, the the stable not the uh not the the tag team with jim and brett but this, yeah but this was kind of like the foundation that was gonna be the heart foundation
0: this was i think this was meant to be like the successor like it's like well brett's single now so here's his brother owen it's like the heart foundation but new mm-hmm. the new foundation yeah but uh yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it too. It was just a really good tag team match. I wasn't as impressed with Tanaka. I thought he just did okay. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. That's just uh, I just wanted to make note of that. I thought he did okay. I thought Cato did okay. I was more all about like what Owen was doing the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so, would you give it?
0: I give it a seven point seven five out of ten.
1: I gave it an eight out of ten. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So promo time! Just oh, like- a series, a couple back-to-back promos, and a video package to set up this upcoming match. Mm-hmm. So
1: the uh, they kind of explained the story on why uh, Roddy Piper is getting a title shot. Because, by the way, Bret Hart looked fucking. Was he really sick in that?
0: No, I think he was just selling.
1: Okay, because his, <laughs> his face was all fucked up.
0: I think he was just selling. Mm-hmm. Bre- Brett is notable for, like, when he sells getting the shit kicked out of him, it's like, you believe it. <laughs> it's just You just do.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, the Mountie uh, was beating the shit out of him with the Intercontinental Championship, and then all of a sudden Roddy Piper comes out to save him. And then the president decides, hey let's give him a match so the Mountie and Jimmy Hart have a promo and say this is unfair they kind of make mention of the the record like Roddy Piper doesn't have a record why the hell is he getting a fucking title shot yeah and I thought that was pretty cool and then uh, (laughs) nothing really came out of the Mountie that was like funny just it's the fucking Mountie
0: yeah it was just kind of like a it was a oh it was a promo. It wasn't notable. The Mountie was never known for like great promos Mm -hmm. or great matches. Really either. Like that guy was more notable for being a part of that tag team, the Quebecers, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got him confused with PCO. Uh, like I, I was talking to my my friend at work about him and I was like, I think he was also, I think that's PCO. No, I confused him. It's just a different French Canadian (laughs) wrestler. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I was like, nobody talks about great Mountie matches or great pay per views. That guy was just serviceable, mm-hmm. and arguably he was probably the first of the uh, occupational wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you could you might you might argue Big Boss Man, but I don't really think so. Uh, he didn't really play up the whole "I'm gonna I'm a fucking prison guard" or some shit necessarily.
1: And, and is it known that Mounties have big tasers? Is that a thing? The
0: cattle pro- I don't think so. No, I thought they just had, like, a stick. Like, you know, like a fucking nightstick.
2: hmm
0: But it, I, I I don't know, because I'm not really familiar with the, the Canadian mounted police. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought, after this promo's over, which Jim- Jimmy Hart did a little bit, too, in there to kind of make it entertaining. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it goes to Roddy Piper immediately, like counterpoint.
1: So Roddy Piper, I, I, what I really love about his promos is that he makes the interviewer incom- uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, especially, for example, he was, like, <laughs> probably the only wrestler that did blackface.
0: <laughs> Half blackface. It wasn't all blackface. Yeah.
1: Half-black face on, uh, I forgot what WrestleMania that was. Was it WrestleMania? I think it, it was like
0: two or something, I think. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 2, I believe. I'm not 100% on that. but
1: So that's one thing. And this promo, he says something about the Mountie wanting to take his manhood.
0: Yeah, he was like, Mounty said, I'm going to take your, first I'm going to embarrass you like a embarrassed Bret Hart, then I'm going to take your manhood. Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Yeah and then roddy piper's like you can't take you can't embarrass me i don't have any dignity how do you think i got so far in this business <gasps> he always does that thing where he breathes in like really big
1: yeah that's that's another thing that was like having me hilarious like every sentence he was like and he, and i'm gonna beat you
0: and he takes, like a huge breath oh, yeah. between sentences <laughs> then he goes like you're gonna you're gonna take my manhood and he's like, I don't know what you come here to do, but I come here to fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, damn, he's low-key called him gay, basically.
1: And was it Mean Gene that was in the interview? Because I think if I if I remember, I I think Mean Gene was like, Whoa, or something like that.
0: Yeah, he was like, Woo, like yeah, Sean Mooney did the, the first promo. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Roddy Piper is probably one of the best talkers in wrestling, period. And uh, this match, I didn't have very high expectations for it just because it's the Mounty.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not saying he's bad, it's just he's not really known to put out like great matches, so to speak. You know,
2: yeah,
0: he's just like a mid card guy. Um, and Piper, uh, it depends on who you talk to. Some people have low opinions of Piper as a wrestler, but I... this match I thought was good. <laughs>
1: It was good, but I won't. I won't say it was amazing. Um, it was very passable. You knew. Uh, I mean, I knew he was going to win because I think this is where it stems off that Roddy Piper faces Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. I think. At-
0: yeah, and they had that great match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, I knew that was going to happen, but it it was very basic. This was a. A wrestling match. Like, how Ricky Morton and Nick Aldis had a wrestling match, this was a wrestling match.
0: And Roddy Piper made it feel like a fight. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> that's how he wrestles.
1: He always does that. And I, yeah. think, and I think that's why people uh, say that, you know, he's not that great because he does a lot of ring awareness, ring uh, psychology. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about people not liking that shit. Because if you don't have ring psychology then why the fuck are you even in, in the ring
0: yeah it's like you can't really believe get kind of sucked into what's going on you can't like suspend your disbelief mm-hmm. <laughs> and that roddy piper's great at that because like i just i totally got into everything he was doing because he just looked like he wanted to just beat this guy's ass and that's exactly how he moved and did everything he was like Like, he, he like, stalled for a bit at first and took his kilt off and, like, threw it in the guy's face just so he could get, like, a slight advantage Mm -hmm. and just start punching the shit out of him. And then, like, he ran out of the ring, and then Piper dove out of the ring on the opposite side and just ran, like, full speed and reared back, like, all the way back and punched him in the head as soon as he got to him. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this guy, it looks like he's just trying to whip his ass.
1: (laughs) I like Roddy Piper's uh, eye poke.
0: I love that where he just like grabs her face real quick and just nonchalantly pokes him in the eye, mm-hmm. like ah oh, god, and they, like oversell the shit out of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, and then Jimmy Hart's amazing as always on the outside where he's just trying to fucking be a, a heel manager and try to distract the referee. Yeah, and didn't he didn't he throw a, a weapon in the ring?
0: Uh, he was he grabbed the Mounties cattle prod thing, Mm -hmm. his taser, it's way too fucking big to be a taser. That looked more like a cattle prod. Uh, like he was going to like throw it in there, but Jimmy Hart didn't do it. (laughs) He just kind of like ran back and forth when Piper had him in the sleeper and was like panicking. And then, uh, the Mountie just fucking passed out and Piper won. (laughs)
1: And did I hear Bobby Heenan correctly? Like when he got him in the sleeper, he's like,
0: he got him in the chokehold. He's choking him. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, there wasn't like a lot to this match, and this this gets into something else. It wasn't long either. It was like maybe about ten minutes.
1: Not even five minutes. E- five minutes and twenty two seconds.
0: It felt longer than that to me. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: Rodney Piper always does that. The as simplest as matches looks like they're dragging on. It's just how he moves because he's in control of the match. He's doing that ring psychology.
0: He did, like, a bunch of – he's shit, like, really fast. He actually did several wrestling moves in the match, like, in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, and it's like, oh, Piper doesn't wrestle. Fuck. He did an atomic drop. He did a bulldog. Like, and he did some other shit. A great knee lift. Mm. Just I don't know. It's Piper's style is more brawling and psychology and stuff. And it's like if you can't get into that, then I guess you don't like Terry Funk and I guess you don't like Nick Foley. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so where did you put this match at?
0: Uh, I gave it a seven point five.
1: Same seven point yeah. five out of ten.
0: It was. I was very entertained with it and I had fun. <laughs>
1: Oh, one thing I want to bring up at the end when obviously Roddy Piper beats the shit out of the Mountie uh, when he uses the the cattle taser, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, he the tasers so, him. Yeah, the sound effect that you obviously hear throughout the whole arena where it is He's like,
0: and then he oversold the shit out of it. He was like convulsing. He's like,
1: I like that. So that's why I got a point five out of it. Point five
0: more. It wasn't like the, the, the cow prod Scott Hall used on Goldberg.
1: No. Oh god, I remember that. <laughs> that sounded legit. <laughs> he was
0: like <laughs> he like got him with it. He's like, oh, no, no, no. he like flew across the ring. <laughs> Holy shit.
1: <laughs> That's when Scott Hall was still in his drunk phase.
0: Oh god. <laughs> um Was there a promo
1: after this match?
0: Yeah, uh Lord Alfred Hayes did a couple of promos through this show. Oh, Hulk Hogan I forgot about that. That were for exclude that were Coliseum Video exclusives. And if you don't know, uh, Coliseum Video, I think, was a branch of WWF back then, where they like distributed all their stuff like on tapes. Um, and I don't know, you'd go to like the Blockbuster or some shit, or, or buy it at your v- video store you'd buy this pay-per-view and other events. And this promo was funny and odd because he's like outside of what appears to be Hulk Hogan's dressing room. But it's a, there's like a Yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a sign on the door that says Hulk. And he's like, we're going to talk to Hulk Hogan. And he goes in there and it's a fucking bathroom. <laughs> it's very obviously a bathroom. And I don't know what, like I
1: understood what Hulk Hogan was saying but at the same time, he's like, man, if uh, if this was a Royal Rumble, I would throw you over. And I'm like, wait a second. What are you telling uh, Lord Alfred Hayes that? And he's like, and I was like, oh, he's talking about the people that are going to be in the Royal Rumble.
0: It was a weird promo for Hogan because it was like really low key.
1: Because I think, and this is me ripping on Hogan, I think, because he knew he was going to lose. So he was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do a, a lame ass promo.
0: Maybe it could have also been because they were in a bathroom. He couldn't yell.
1: <laughs>
0: I didn't think about that until just now. If he did like his typical Hulk Hogan promo, the acoustics probably would have went ape shit in that room,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it would have fucking thrown everything off.
1: I think it would have been funny. I think he should have
0: done it. That's my guess. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Hogan's that petty. Uh, I'm gonna say it was because he was in a bathroom. <laughs>
1: Cause imagine if he did that and it like echoed and shit and like Lord Alfred, uh, was it Lord Alfred? Am I fucking getting this wrong?
0: Lord Alfred Hayes.
1: Yeah, there we go. Lord Alfred Hayes. He just like gets scared.
0: Lord Alfred Hayes. I always liked him as like a, a an interviewer and a commentator. Mm-hmm. It's just something about him that he like lends like this, that he has like this presence that he gives like everything this, uh, this air of, of dignity, of dignification. I guess it's just because he's so stereotypically British. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works, though.
1: We're outside here in Hulk Hogan's locker room, even though it's a bathroom. Let's go in. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and he doesn't even knock. He just fucking goes in.
0: He just goes in. Yeah. He's Lord Alfred Hayes. How can you? You can't fucking tell him no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is true. But anyway. Oh, another thing that Hulk Hogan annoyed me, he did, like, a whole uh, British joke with tea. by the way. Did you notice that?
0: Yeah, he did, like, a really lame-ass joke about, like, I I know you know something about tea, brother. And I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: okay. I guess if we can go from one lame thing to another, we can talk about this dumb-ass match that we're about to
0: talk about. Let alone the stupid promo that they attempted before it.
1: Oh, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw a Bushwhackers promo, my brain turned off.
0: You fucking blacked it out of your memory. You fucking
1: don't remember. I don't remember shit.
0: I don't remember shit either because like they were just like ranting like and just saying stuff.
1: I guess I guess the Bushwhackers were so over that Vince McMahon is like, we're going to put them on the main card for 15 minutes.
0: Sixteen minutes. Sixteen actually. minutes. I timed it. This is part of one of my notes for this match. <laughs> uh, that they had like a, a nothing promo. It had no impact because it's like it's just them yelling and saying shit. Mm-hmm. And like then they had that that dude back there, Jameson. That I don't recognize at all.
1: I actually have I actually have backstory on him a little bit. I don't know his name, but I know he. Um, they found him at, like, a comedy club or something like that. And since he's a comedian, they thought he was very – they could make him, like, a nerd or something. It's just one of those people that they just saw and said, huh, it would be really funny if he was a Jewish nerd. And then, boom, Jameson.
0: Oh, my God. Mm. I, I I didn't think it was funny at all.
1: And he was on a couple of Raws, by the way, I think. I think he was on the first Raw.
0: I'm like looking at their Wikipedia, and like he doesn't even show up in it.
1: He had a short like, he had a short run because like people are just like this guy's dumb.
0: I, yeah, because he was. It was like I, I was like trying to watch their promo, and then I noticed that guy was like eating his own tie, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, what is this?" He hitted me. He hitted me. Yeah, I guess this guy is like retarded, that's what you're supposed to take from this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be, like, derogatory and shit. That's that's what, how this guy acts. He acts mentally deficient, like there's something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And I guess this was the beginning of of Vince loving that gimmick. The Bushwhackers and fucking Jameson.
1: Oh, you mean the, the Bushwhackers <laughs> who lick children? They the- lick...
0: What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs>
1: And why like, what? why were the parents not allowing this? And, and I'm not saying this is like pedo shit, but it's almost pedo shit.
0: <laughs> I wasn't saying I don't I don't say it like that. I don't mean it like that. It's just like I'm just a fucking germaphobe. I'm thinking about these fucking guys. Are, you're letting these guys lick your children. Mm-hmm. Like, I, even if it was me, like if my if my dad held me up and it was like lick him, I'd be like no, <laughs> like,
1: don't do it. And what's oh. and what's funny is the the bushwhackers during the nineties like licked their faces, uh, when the bushwhackers got inducted into the hall of fame. Which, by the way, I uh, I don't know why, but but that's just my opinion. Um, when they came out, they licked like children's hair this time. I'm not saying that's that's better, but I guess it's better than getting it on the face. Especially right. in, this, in this society today.
0: Oh, yeah. It would totally not fucking fly now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you, but, like, as soon as I knew, like, oh, they're coming out and they're doing a thing, and then I saw the guys they were facing, the Beverly brothers, mm-hmm. who was just, like, a nobody team that I don't recognize at all. Well, I knew um, the,
1: the I, genius. That's about it.
0: Yeah, the genius. Well, Lanny Poffo. Mm-hmm and i'm i'm just like okay that's genius and he did like a cute little poetry thing i guess mm-hmm. and then i was like this is i don't know about this man cuz i don't know about you but i never liked the bushwhackers even as a kid
1: i never liked them period
0: yeah I, I i never did like even when i was when i was a kid and i would watch wrestling and they would be on i thought they were stupid and boring mhm course i was a weird kid because like it's weird because when you watch them come out they're like super over and like it's it's clear that like little kids really like the bushwhackers um and but i I did kind of notice as the match was going they lost heat like over time mm -hmm. (laughs) like the reaction dulled quite a bit
1: yeah because i don't know if you noticed like every time they didn't move they did that whole they're going to dance around the ring and then they're just going to like go to the the ropes and do like a, and everybody ah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they have to do that every time. They did
1: <laughs> it they did it 5 times in that match.
0: And I I I don't think it helped that this match was so long either. Like did this need to be fucking as almost as long as the Owen the the, the New Foundation match and the Orient Express match? Fuck no. This should have been like ten minutes or less. I would
1: have had, I would have rather had the Chris Walker versus fucking the Brooklyn Brawler, uh, match replace this and have the this match be the dark match. But I guess Vince saw that you know people love the Bushwhackers, so let's put them in there. But why so close? Like why so deep in the card? I
0: I guess because the Bushwhackers were over. But man, this whole match was just like a fucking this agonizing haze of like bad brawling axe handles forearms and clotheslines. lines mhm it's literally all these fucking guys did all of all four of them and it was just it just sucked it was boring
1: yeah i don't have anything else to say i i i thought the jameson thing was stupid i thought the genius getting hit by Jameson was even more dumber.
0: I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's because th- this is what I had. There's nothing else I have to say about the match itself. Everything else I have to say is Bobby Heenan and gorilla saved this from being like, just fuck this mm-hmm. because they, 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 they tried to salvage it as much. As they could by just being entertaining. It's like th- you could tell they were like, okay, we're going to have to, like, you know, fucking hold our weight here.
1: <laughs> and I think Bobby Heenan at one point is like, girl, you want something from the concession stand? I'll get- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. And then oh, my God. And then he's like, no, you can't go see what Ric Flair's number is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but, like, man... Shortly after this match started, Bobby Heenan started roasting the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bushwaggers and Jameson. And it was it was hilarious. It was so funny. Like, I had to pause several times. And it, that's what made this match feel longer than what it was, I think, is because I kept pausing it because of Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down several lines that he said that just fucking made me, like, laugh out loud. All right, let's hear him. All right, here's, here's the hits. Uh, Heenan's talking about Jameson. He says... Their parents didn't want a divorce, and then Gorilla's like, why not? Neither of them wanted custody of them. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By the way, Jameson was, like, being weird as fuck. He was, like, pulling out dinner rolls from his jacket and eating them. Yeah. Just, like, just fucking, God, I don't get it. (laughs) Um, uh, Heenan said, they used to wrap his lunch in a road map so that he'd get lost after school. (laughs) I I remember that one. Um, uh, Gorilla's talking to Heaton about the Bushwhackers. He's like, "You're you're retired from management, and you're just jealous that you can't manage a great team like the Bushwhackers." And then Heaton goes, "I don't want to manage them. I'm not jealous. The only thing I want to manage them to is the electric chair." <laughs> I was like, "Holy fuck!" And like, he's like wanting them to die. <laughs> and then, um, let's see. Here's another one. Heaton says. Like, okay, after, like, the genius goes over there to slap Jameson, he's like, he, he hit at it me. It's just like this, it, whatever. Like, that was stupid. Mm. But he didn't it. And he's like, the girl's like, I hope he's okay. He's like, he, he hit him pretty hard. Then he's like, he didn't hit him hard enough. He's still breathing.
2: <laughs>
0: Fuck. And then he just starts ranting about paying taxes and about how this guy is basically, like, A burden to society, and he's a welfare case, Mm -hmm. and it it pisses him off that he has to pay taxes to support this fucking guy. (laughs) God damn!
1: Yeah, I fucking yeah. Actually, he actually saved uh, the review a little bit or or the rating for this match for me just by remembering Heenan's things uh, he said.
0: Oh my God. Like if there was ever like a, if you ever wanted to like show somebody an example of like good wrestling commentary and how like it could potentially save like what, you know, is not going to be good Mm
2: -hmm. just
0: from being like miserable. This is a great example of that. Yeah.
1: So what did you give it this match?
0: 3.0. Wow.
1: Same here. Just
0: Because like it wasn't, this is a bad match. But if it wasn't for Heenan and, and Monsoon there, it would have been lower. Yeah, like if, like let's up. say, like this match happened today with today's commentary team.
1: Oh, it would be it would be a one out of ten. If
0: oh, it would be fucking terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All right. So moving on to the match before the Royal Rumble, um, they they had pre promos again, right? It was the. Uh, the Natural Disasters, and then The Legion of Doom. If I yeah,
0: that's right. Uh,
1: I don't know what it is. I didn't, maybe because I respected The Legion of Doom Doom uh, back then, but me watching it today, I'm like, oh man, just these dudes in these uh, shoulder shoulder pads with spikes. I don't know. <laughs> they kind of reminded,
0: reminded me of demolition just with pads well demolition is like their loD ripoff yeah it was funny and people are, would argue actually that demolition was a better tag team in terms of like you know skill as wrestlers mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody would ever argue against that yeah and I noticed this because like I've watched some older, Legion of Doom matches, like, when they were the road warriors for, like, you know, NWA and Jim Crockett promotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the matches are very different. <laughs> like, this is an example, I think, of them being misused, is this match here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And their promo was not really worth to to mention you know it's just your typical we're gonna you know win and you know what a rush <laughs>
0: it's a, it's a shouting eighties promo
1: mm-hmm.
0: when they had uh Paul Ellering he could talk better for them and they didn't want Paul Ellering, so he just got left behind <laughs> um but uh this match was not that good it was kind of meh to me mm-hmm. and like i don't really have a strong opinion about legion of doom or road warriors like i think they have a cool look they're kind of an iconic 80s wrestling team
1: and the natural disasters with earthquake and typhoon i feel like this was what uh, their exit pretty much because i think the natural disasters start to fade out pretty much in the mid 90s correct am i
0: uh- Those guys go back to WCW, I think, shortly after this, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then so do the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Uh, So, but I'll go ahead.
1: Nothing was really like this match was like you said, meh, and how it ended was like really confusing to me because I'm like, all right, Legion of Doom is gonna win by some fuckery, but. Did, did they hit him with a weapon or was it a count
0: out? It was like a double count out
1: yeah.
0: or something. Mm-hmm. I think Uh, like they both like the match started and like they did some power move shit against each other, which was interesting because it's like four big guys, but the fucking natural disasters are bigger.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and like earthquake is a decent, fat guy wrestler from around that time Mm -hmm. he wasn't Bam Bam Bigelow and he definitely wasn't fucking Vader but uh, he was he was pretty good I thought Mm -hmm. and the other dude who was Typhoon uh, that's I think that used to be Tugboat and he also you know he became the Shockmaster (laughs) later Uh, but uh, I remember him being like okay too Mm -hmm. but you know they did, they did some power move stuff and like earthquake did a drop kick which surprised the fuck out of me. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like he missed. Imagine if he hit him. Yeah. Um. Uh, they take advantage eventually and they kind of get into a brawl. Like shit breaks down and then they all but all four of them end up outside for a while. And. I don't think 10 seconds passed of them fighting outside. It was like, after a while, they just called for the bell.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I got confused because I did see a weapon in, uh, I believe, one of the Legend of Doom people. And um, then I saw, I think Hebner was the referee. And he, he he called for the bell, and I'm like, wait, what happened?
0: Oh, yeah, you might be right. I think I think they won by disqualification. I think somebody like hit one of them and then it caused LOD to win. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think you're, I I got, yeah, I was confused. See, I thought it was like a fucking count out or some shit.
1: Well, (laughs) well, no, I'm confused because I I did see people out of the room, but I also did see a weapon. So I don't know what it is either. Or, you know, it was won by fuckery.
0: Well, what do you think about it overall?
1: i think i could have done without this match um i think they wanted if anything i would have put the roddy piper and the mountie at this spot and maybe had this natural disaster versus legion of doom where roddy piper's match was Mm -hmm. and i i think it would have been a lot better having the intercontinental championship going into the royal rumble because having a count out or a disqualification before going into the Royal rumble was kind of lame in my opinion. So I, I gave this a four out of 10.
0: Yeah. I gave it a, uh, I gave it a 4.5 out of 10 because I, it wasn't that long at least like mm. it was like nine minutes. And I did just check. It was by count out. Oh, okay. Earthquake, the natural disasters beat them by count out. And that I remember now, cause they got in the ring. They're like, yeah, we did it. And then it was like, uh, they still retained because it was Countdown, and they got all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, it it wasn't, like, terribly offensive to me. Like, it's just, like, I felt it was approaching the time when it should have ended when it did. Mm. Because uh, this goes back to what I was saying about the Road Warriors, or LOD here uh, before, was that WWF tried to use them very differently from, like, how uh, NWA... Or WCW did, which was those guys just destroyed people and they no sold moves a lot of the time. Oh, God. Um, it was just that they were monsters. It's like they were just babyface monster tag team that would just fuck people up and just overpower people. And the guys sold the shit out of everything they did. Mm-hmm. And it was quick matches. It wasn't their strong suits, not doing a bunch of wrestling moves and shit. It's just two big, powerful dudes overpowering people. So WCW
1: did a lot of that fucking kill people in two seconds matches.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't think they're ever. There's no classic Legion of Doom matches necessarily, you know? Not really. It's just like there's moments, like everybody talks about the scaffold match that they had with the Midnight Express or something.
1: Mm-hmm. And you always, oh what? And you always remember them by their fucking theme song.
0: Oh what a rush! It's all like promos and like wins and moments mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, and the same thing goes for natural disasters. Like in my opinion, it's like two big fat guy power wrestlers and I, they're not going to be having fucking 15 minute matches. They shouldn't. Mm. Like, so that's why I was like, it wasn't too offensive. I just thought it was a little mad because it was just, this was misbooked in my opinion, but Vince McMahon loves to do that shit where he likes to put big guys against each other, no matter damn the quality of whatever's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know,
1: <laughs> I think the best part was at the, uh, after this, when, uh, Mooney was interviewing the natural disasters and Jimmy Hart's like, I'm going to get my lawyer. I'm
0: going to get my lawyer. We're going to sue him, baby. We're going to sue him. We're going to, we're going to sue the pants off. We're going to, we're going to rectify this situation. Daddy <laughs> yeah. talks like a fucking mile a minute. Like,
1: yeah, so I mean that kinda like made me happy a little bit. I was like, yeah, they got fucked. Let's sue them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, are you ready for the the probably one of my favorite Royal Rumbles of all time?
0: Yes. Oh man, I hate to do this real quick, but yeah. I was just checking up on uh the natural disasters like a Wikipedia where we were talking about this. Uh huh. Apparently, earthquake was a sumo wrestler huh. for a brief time.
1: Makes, not well, makes not
0: really a, for a year, I think. Yeah, or yeah, he he was a sumo guy for like over a year. Makes sense. He had a good record. He won twenty-one times and lost seven.
1: I don't know if you ever see earth. earth <laughs> have you ever seen earthquakes uh, promos? But uh, like Jimmy Hart talks for him, but like Earthquake, he he's in the background. He's just like he's jogging a place because he's an earthquake. Get it? Because he's rocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just watch his promos. He always does it most of the time.
0: Well, the other thing I the other thing I remember about Earthquake was: Do you remember that time he like killed Jake Roberts' snake?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: That was so fucking gross. (laughs) Like, it was literally like, I beat up Jake Roberts, and like, Earthquake's finishing move was like he would run and jump and sit on you. Which (laughs) would hurt, because that's like a big guy is just fucking landing on you.
1: It was worse when Yokozuna, is it Yokozuna, Zuno, whatever. Yokozuna. There we go. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs)
0: anyway he like he killed him grabbed his snake bag and then did the same thing to the snake bag and then like it was like oh my god damien was in that bag and they like open jake roberts opens the bag and there's just hamburger meat coming out of the bag. it was like so ridiculous
1: like, i love it
0: yeah earthquake brother
1: yeah. but uh the Royal Rumble now, uh, they'd ha- they had their uh, Royal Rumble promos, which I really like, by the way, especially yeah. uh, the Undertaker. is like,
0: oh, 29 Hurst. 29 Hurst is outside for 29 souls. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, all the promos were great. Like, even Bulldog, who's not, like, really known for being a good promo guy, had a decent little babyface promo here.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who else. Oh, uh, Macho Man had a
0: good one too. He just does great promos all the time, no matter what. I've never seen a bad one from him.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I think Jake the Snake had one because you know he's Jake the Snake he has to be. I'm Jake the Snake and I'm gonna, gonna fuck you up.
0: I'm waiting for for Savage to get in there, and you know what? I'm gonna buy my time and I'm gonna wait in the corner. Daddy, yeah, you know that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Trust me.
1: and then hulk hogan did his little fucking promo thing and i was like oh just fucking hulk hogan
0: he's hulking up brother
1: you know who had a really good promo and i'll say this Shawn michaels when he does his promos like dx promos were funny because you know that's comedic in a way and you, you could break the rules and you could pretty much do anything but his
0: promo for the royal rumble
1: felt really good
0: this was the start of Sean's solo career. Like they showed the clip of him of the barbershop segment where he put Janetti through the window. Mm-hmm. So like, this was very shortly after this. So this was the start of like Sean Michael's singles push. Yeah. And he didn't have Sherry yet because Sherry was a Ted DiBiase.
1: Oh man. She was hot. <laughs> Did
0: you see that dude in the mullet that had like a Sherry shirt?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I was like, Oh my God, that dude's like a hardcore Sherry fan. <laughs>
1: I was a I was a fan too.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was great. Um, but like, you could tell like he wasn't quite all the way there yet. It was like really early. Shawn Michaels like his promo was good, but he he doesn't have all his confidence yet, his swagger just yet. Mm-hmm. But it was it's interesting. Like if you want to see what he was like before, this is a good place to start. Yeah.
1: So if you guys are wondering who came out for the Royal Rumble, I will give you in the, in the order they came in. So at number one, it was the British Bulldog. At number two, it was Ted DiBiase with Sherry, uh, mm-hmm. which was hot as fuck. And then number three, Ric Flair. And I, I want to make this point really clear. So we found out that Ric Flair was going to become number three before... <laughs>
0: before the... and, then, and then he had a stroke almost when he came out. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, did, did he not listen? <laughs> I guess not. I guess he forgot. It
1: was funny, though, either way. But at number four was Jerry Sags. At number five was Haku. At number six, it was Shawn Michaels. At number seven, it was Tito Santana. At number eight was The Barbarian, which uh, he looked goofy as fuck, in my opinion. But
0: Hang on. Tito Santana was not Tito Santana. He was The Matador. Was Get it, it right.
1: Was he the matador? In this, in the
0: this? matador. <laughs> it's like the matador. And I'm like, it was T. I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, looking at him. I was like, it's Tino Santana. <laughs> like they, they dressed him up like a matador and shit. And I'm like, why the fuck did they do that to him? <laughs> like, he's fucking
1: dumb. Like- I don't know. But uh, then the Texas tornado came out. Terry uh, Vaughn Irish. Yeah, number nine. And number 10 was the repo man.
0: Repo Man was fucking great in this, too.
1: Yes. (laughs) He was sneaking around the ring. It was funny as shit. At at number 11 was Greg the Hammer Valentine. At number number 12 was Nikolai Volkov. At number 13 was Big Boss Man. Yeah. At number 14 was Hercules. At number 15, it was Roddy Piper. Yes. At number 16 was Jake the Snake Roberts Man. Yeah, man. And then number 17 was... Ho, Jim Duggan. The, guy the inaugural
0: who, Royal Rumble winner.
1: Yeah, the guy who knows, sells everything. Um, And then number 18 was Irwin R. Oh, Iris Man. There we go. Irwin R. Shyster. Yep. And <laughs> number 19 was Jimmy the Fly Snooker. Superfly Snooker. Ah, Superfly Snooker. Call him the fly. Yeah, sorry. I have the fly in my head right now. At number 20 was The Undertaker. Yes. At number
0: 21 is Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Man, when Savage came out, he just fucking bolted to the ring. <laughs> like, he ran full speed and just got in there.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll get back to Randy Savage because I have something that was pretty interesting. At number okay. th- at number twenty two, the Berserker. At number twenty three, fucking Virgil. At number twenty three, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At number twenty four was Colonel Mustafa, the Iron Sheik. Yes, I don't understand that either. At number twenty five was Rick Martel, the model. At number twenty six was Hulk Hogan, and number twenty seven was Skinner. <laughs> And number twenty-eight was Sergeant Slaughter, and yeah. twenty-nine was Sid Justice, and then yes. thirty was the Warlord. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the Warlord. <laughs> Who the fuck?
1: I mean, he was he was a big dude, but like, the Warlord. What? what that
0: motherfucker was. He had to be on the juice. Like mm. looking at him. Yeah, Vince probably but, was like, yeah, yes, he got like a juice boner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he got thrown out like almost immediately. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it,
0: it, get a, get ahead a little bit though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Ric Flair was at number three, and yeah. the one thing I want to point out because a lot of Royal Rumbles today, when they have somebody that is in the beginning, they like to do this whole knock him out of the the ring and have him like lay down. Ric Flair, he did lay down and rest in, inside the ring, but at the same time, he got up and he did work. Yeah. And man, I love his selling. by the way. Every time he got, like, punched, he would, like, take a few steps and then fall down on his face.
0: Not every time, but... Most of the like, time. Like, if he ended up in a corner, like, if, if a guy got him in the corner and started beating the shit out of him or something... Mm-hmm. He would always do, yeah, he would do the thing where he'd walk out, like, it'd just fall over. Like, you're talking about the Ric Flair selling. I'm like, it's been a while since you've seen a Ric Flair match, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I've been seeing Ortiz do his fucking selling lately. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was really impressed with Ric Flair. Even though I know, like, Ric Flair is a good wrestler. It's just seeing him do the work uh, throughout that whole match was, like, good to see. Cause it's I'm, refreshing. I'm tired of seeing the whole. Oh, I'm gonna knock him out of the ring, and he's just gonna like sleep for like the entire match.
0: No, Flair would like get beat down. He would take like a big move, and then like just go roll over into the corner for a while and stay like low profile, mm-hmm. recover, or he'd get forced back into a fight and somehow get his way out of there or something. He was active pretty much the whole time
1: yeah Bobby Heenan was like just stay in the corner Rick
0: (laughs) they put him over like really big in this match like the whole time I was surprised Mm -hmm. because it's like some people try to act like when Ric Flair was in WWF for that brief run that they're like oh they weren't treating him right they were treating him like a joke I'm like they were fucking pushing the shit out of him like this whole match was set up Mm -hmm. pretty much to get him over like so I don't know what the fuck they're talking about (laughs)
1: Yeah, and um even Gorilla would, would make fun of Bobby. He's like, "Oh, he's gonna get eliminated. He's gonna get eliminated."
0: No, no. <laughs> and there's there's that part. I don't remember who he did it to. He like low blowed somebody. <laughs> he just starts freaking out.
1: He's like, "I would do that to my grandmother."
0: He's like, he just low blowed him. He's like, "I guess it's not illegal though." And he's like, "I would do that to my own grandmother if I had to." <laughs> It's like Heenan was acting like I don't know he had like a bunch of money or some shit bet on this match on Ric Flair or something. Mm -hmm. It's like the way he was acting.
1: Um, (laughs) I think it was hilarious every time like somebody would help out Ric Flair, like Roddy Piper. He's like, "It's a kilt, Roddy. It's not a skirt." And then like Roddy Piper would start hitting Ric Flair, and he's like, "It's a skirt, you
0: freak! You cross-dressing freak!" (laughs) Oh man, uh, when, when when Bulldog threw out DiBiase in the beginning and then after Flair got in there and they kind of had, like, a short little match, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I want to see that. I want to see Bulldog and Flair because it was fun. Yeah, Bulldog. And I'm wondering if they had a match because, like, Bulldog had, like, a brief run in WCW from after that time.
1: Yeah, Bulldog was really good in this Royal Rumble. At times, I was like, oh, this is where he's going to get eliminated, but he was still in the fucking match.
0: People... I think have kind of sort of forgotten about bulldog a little bit. Like he gets mentioned a lot cause heart foundation and like, Oh, you know, the British bulldogs tag team. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people forget that he was like a really good wrestler and he had like quite a few great matches in like WWF and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Shawn Michaels was also impressive in this match. I think that this was his showcase in a way because, yeah, he he was hitting those you know sweet chin music and he was uh, he eliminated one I believe and that one he oh he the matador he eliminated the matador a, AKA Tito Santana
0: I was like why the fuck like I I thought he was even acting like heelish because I remember they tried to turn Tito Santana heel and I thought that was like dumb as shit because. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know. He's just like a natural baby face, and I'm like, they gave him an occupational gimmick. They made him a matador. Everybody knows it's fucking Tito Santana. Yeah. Like, why did you do that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I also like the whole Ric Flair facing up with Texas Tornado because they have history, and I, I they do. And you could tell Ric Flair is like, oh, I'm going for him because you know we've had we we have history, so let's make that happen.
0: Repo Man came out and snuck around, and (laughs) fucking Repo Man is like ridiculous. (laughs) Like I forgot all about Repo Man, honestly. They're like, well, just seeing him in action again. I'm like, okay, this guy is awesome. He like (laughs) he goes all in on this goofy, dumbass gimmick, and he makes it work. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. It's one of those occupation uh, wrestling wrestlers that, in my opinion, goes over. So yeah,
0: he, he made it work. Did you notice like while the match was going on that like um Gorilla was spouting off like a bunch of t- statistics?
1: I didn't I didn't hear that part.
0: Like it was over the course of the match but like he was like you know people in the early part of the rumble their chances are really low and he was like it's like they started doing this royal rumble statistics shit like early apparently.
2: <laughs>
0: Cuz he was talking about how like how long bulldog lasted and how he had the previous record uh, for it was like fifty three minutes or some shit, and then like he was talking about, oh, if you come in like later, your chances are up by like eighty percent or something. And this guy, he came in at fifteen, and like he, they are doing all that breakdown shit, like that, like they do all the time.
1: Yeah, like for example, Virgil was at fucking twenty three. Think about yeah. that. He had a higher chance than Ric Flair, even though we know the outcome of it. It's just thinking, wow, Virgil, if, I mean, they would never make him over, but by going by the statistics, he should be over.
0: (laughs) Now, we all know the Soul Train Jones, as Virgil, was never pushed and utilized correctly in WWF. (laughs) Okay?
1: (laughs) I'll be silent on that one.
0: (laughs) It's a controversial topic.
1: Um, Undertaker, is oh. uh, just in my opinion, typical Undertaker. He didn't really stand out to me. Did he? Did he stand out to you at all? Because he stood
0: out to me very much, actually.
1: Okay, absolutely. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. So this is during Taker's period. Like this is when he j- shortly. I th- I can't remember if he debuted at ninety or ninety one, but this Undertaker is still in his early monster phase. He acts very differently from like how he does like in a year or two later after this, like Undertaker in this phase lumbers around a lot. Mm. Like he's not slow, but he, he, he's, his movement is very measured.
1: Didn't he get kicked in the nuts and nozzled it?
0: Ric Flair did a low blow to Undertaker and all Undertaker did was he kind of backpedaled a little bit and leaned on the ropes it like momentarily stopped him <laughs> and like, Oh my God. Undertaker just no soul low blow. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because he's a monster They he was going all in on that monster deal. Mm-hmm. And like, this was like the first thing I know It's like Undertaker comes out and he just beelines to snooker and punches him in the face and takes him out immediately. Oh shit! Like he shit. just, he, he went right to snooker, bam, he's out. And I was like, oh, my, he just took him out, like, immediately, like, holy hell. And then, like, he would fight everybody, like, he was fighting everybody. Mm -hmm. And nobody could get an advantage on him. It's like they would, like, attack him, and it it just seemed to have no effect.
1: And, uh, And then there was one man that took him out, and that was Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah, Hogan threw him out, and then, like, it wasn't even, like, Undertaker, it almost, like, didn't even phase him. It's like, it kind of, like, annoyed him, and then it was over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I want to just say like because like he also he fought with pretty much everybody in that match at some point and it was great like I just gotta give props because like he's going all in on that monster character and everything like his movements everything he does he was even mugging for the camera like when he would they did this shot where he was choking somebody in the corner Mm -hmm. and the camera was pulling around and Undertaker looked directly at the camera and was rolling his eyes back while he was choking him (laughs) I was like, God, that's fucking awesome. That's a great shot. Um, but it's like, you have to think, like, this is like a really chaotic match. That's like, there's a lot of people flying around and there's shit going on everywhere. And there's this one guy who's like staying in total control and character this whole time. And that's like really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I saw it though.
1: Okay. I will give one positive thing to The Undertaker. And that's probably because he saw this happen, and probably tried to save the situation. So Jake the Snake, Roberts, and uh, Randy Savage have a a storyline going. And what what was great is Bobby Heenan and Gorilla were like, "Oh, Jake the Roberts is being a little antsy. He's always looking back every time the countdown happens, waiting for Randy Savage." Yeah. <laughs> and fucking Macho Man just sprints to the fucking ring and yeah beats the shit out of jake the snake throws him over the ropes and then he jumps over the ropes uh you think he eliminated himself but like Bob-
0: yeah he yeah he is like did he just eliminate himself <laughs> <laughs> did that count and the is like i don't know
1: <laughs> but i don't know if you noticed but undertaker right away went to randy savage and like grabbed him and put him back in the ring
0: yeah, I noticed that. He, like, grabbed him and brought him back into the ring, and then Savage tried to get back out, and he went back and got him back in again. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess Savage was just getting so into, like, what he was supposed to do, I guess he fucking forgot. hmm Or something. Like, I, I, I that's the only thing I can think of, is that Undertaker was trying to correct him.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was funny, though.
1: But... I, I even brought this up to you. I said it's a shame that Randy Savage never won a Royal Rumble.
0: God damn, yeah! Like that's so fucking like ridiculous to think about. Yeah, and he has... I I was also thinking like you know like this is he never got another world title run either, and I I also thought that was like kind of ridiculous.
1: Was this during the time? And I know this is only a rumor, but it, where apparently he like banged Stephanie McMahon and Vince. <sighs> Vince was like, you know, you just stop it. You're you're not gonna get any shots anymore. Or was it more of him just being so into his character and so intense that I don't know? Maybe people didn't like him in the locker room.
0: I don't know about that. I don't. Th- I don't think Savage had locker room problems with that many other people. Like, I I, I know he had problems with Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as I knew, everybody else really respected him and liked him. He was just, he's crazy. He's like a character. Mm-hmm. Uh Like, I don't even think Warrior had problems with him. In fact, I think Warrior got along with him really well. Probably some kind of weird mutual understanding there or something. Oh, yeah. They, about they, about they, crazy people. <laughs> like,
1: they both hated Hulk Hogan. So. That
0: too. They both didn't like Hogan. Um. But no, I think, like, from what I don't really buy into that weird urban myth about that, Uh, the way I understood it was is Vince was just, he cooled off on on Savage. And he was just, he didn't really see him as a main event guy anymore. And he thought he was just getting old Mm -hmm. or something. And he would, he eventually wanted to transition him into commentary and he, he liked his commentary and he wanted to make him like the next big color commentary guy, but Savage wanted to keep wrestling. Yeah. And I, then he left for WCW and that really, Vince felt really betrayed by that. Like it really hurt his feelings apparently. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Who knows? Um. Let's see what else yeah I want to call out here uh there was a part where the I think it got cleared out a little bit this is a little bit before Undertaker comes out and the stuff with Savage and like Ric Flair is standing up and then Piper is also standing up and they look at each other and then you immediately know what's going to happen and when those two guys start fighting the place fucking blows up it goes ape shit mm-hmm and it was, like, awesome, because they were, like... And I was, like, oh, this fuck, this is shit. I got, like, really into what they were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, like, god damn, I want to see Piper and Flair now. <laughs> <I> wonder, <laughs> that would be perfect. I wonder if they
1: went at it in WCW.
0: I, they must have at some point somewhere. Like, I'm sure it happened. Uh, it made me want to, like, really research it, though. <laughs> I was, like, god, that would be fucking cool.
1: I, I'm actually going to research that after this podcast.
0: Yeah. Um... Let's see. Hogan comes in, throws out Taker and Berserker. Mm. And then Sid comes in. And Sid does a bunch of awesome shit.
1: <laughs> well, Sid comes in as a fucking heel, by the way. I just want to point that out. He, yeah. He did a heel promo, and he's he's in there in the ring doing heel shit. And uh, I, I want to point this out right away. So, we're getting down to the, the, the end, and Hulk Hogan gets eliminated. And Sid Justice and um, Ric Flair are the only ones in the ring. And Hulk Hogan does this weird thing. And, and to me, and I, it, it's probably scripted in some way where Hulk Hogan is kind of mad that he got eliminated, eliminated by Sid Justice. But it felt really childish that Hulk Hogan would pull his arm for him to get eliminated by Ric Flair.
0: Yeah, that was uh and you could tell the crowd was turn, turning against him after that because like right after that people started booing Hogan. Yeah, they were they were chanting fucking
1: justice by the yeah, way. Yeah, they were
0: chant- they were chanting for Sid, and I was like, Oh fuck, like this is this is where the varnish really starts coming off Hogan here, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think at this point, people were already kind of getting thinking Hogan was old hat, like they were getting kind of bored of him because his reaction wasn't like that good when he came out. Like, he still got like a pretty good pop, but it was like a lot more muted compared to usual Mm -hmm. up to that point. And then, like, Sid, I noticed kind of got like a mixed reaction initially. Yeah, (laughs) like he's acting like a heel, but people are kind of into him.
1: Yeah, because it, it kind of goes back to how we were talking about you know if roman reigns or this person was still there like you got to think rick flair was the heel and then you have someone who's kind of heelish like sid justice i think they were like oh shit we might actually get a uh a new wrestler that is going to be the champion and not this rick flair heel guy and I think they were on his on his side, and then all of a sudden, Hulk Hogan did this fucking kid bullshit, just being like, "No, you can't have it because I didn't, I didn't do it."
0: You threw me out from behind, even though it's every man for himself, brother. Mm-hmm. And then he said, like, "It's like every man for himself," you know. Piss off! <laughs> I, I'll kill you. And he's like, "I'll kill you." After he threw him out, like, "Oh my God!" I was like,
2: "Yes." Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: But, um, man, yeah, Sid did some really good shit before that point, mm-hmm. though. Like, I know I there was this part where, like, he was kind of fighting with Flair. And then, like, Flair got Sid down, and then Sid did a kip up and clotheslined him. Did you see that? Yes. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I never saw Sid do that before. <laughs> I was like, it shocked me. That's a big guy to do something like that.
1: It's a shame what happened into his career because he was a big guy.
0: <laughs> I know, and then there was a spot with Sergeant Slaughter, uh, where Sid launched him all the way across the ring, like to the opposite turnbuckle, and Slaughter like dove and hit the post over the top rope with his shoulder and fell out of the ring. <laughs> and I was like, when it, it sounded like brutal when he hit it, and I was like, it, it got my attention. I Me, mean, was like, oh fuck, <laughs> it just looked awesome.
1: Yeah, when Sergeant uh, Slaughter did that, I was like, "Is he okay?"
0: Yeah, I was like, "Holy shit, is he all right?" Like, I was like, "I didn't know Sarge could do that." God damn, that was a great bump.
1: And this was this was like near his like later uh, years of wrestling. Like, he was about to, uh, you know, be like one of the people in the suits to tell people, "Hey, don't do that."
0: <laughs> his in ring career was winding down at this yeah, point.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm getting tired, guys.
0: <laughs> we're try we're gonna wrap it up soon i think <laughs> um the final four was sid Ho- hogan flair and savage you always gotta take note of the final four mm-hmm. um sid took out savage and hogan before the end um flair wins and then flair cuts a great flair promo right after mm-hmm. the- and then there was the infamous put that cigarette out gene okerlin <laughs> did you catch that yeah, who is he talking to so, somebody on the set i guess back there I, I think uh i remember hearing the story behind this was uh gene okerlin hates smokers or, or no, he doesn't hate smokers he hates smoking mm-hmm. i should say and like I, he just went off fucking s- script so to speak and just like put that cigarette out <laughs>
1: I, I think what was great about that promo besides the cigarette thing is uh, after Ric Flair goes with
0: a tear in my eye it was, it, he just I mean uh, you could get into specifics but basically it was like it was just another great Flair promo where he just went over the top talking about what he just did and how awesome he was and everything
1: yeah and then Mr. Perfect goes woo and then Bobby Heenan goes woo and then and Ric Flair does a slow woo,
2: woo.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, that's fucking amazing. And I was like, he's gonna go do cocaine right after this
0: match. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then like after that, uh they showed like kind of a short little video package that summed up the whole show to uh Rush. Mm-hmm. I believe that song was Roll the Bones. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was like, This show closes with Rush, it's even better than I thought now. <laughs>
1: Um so what did you rate that Royal Rumble because I gave it a and it's going to be crazy but I gave it a 10 out of 10
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I I but...
1: thought, I thought this was the perfect in my opinion the perfect Rumble I've seen so far. And what I mean by seen so far is I haven't seen all of them. I'm just right. I was highly entertained. From beginning to end. And even the ones that were not even good entrants. I was like. Hey they were pretty good for their part.
0: Yeah it's like still. There, there's notable people in there. That you recognize.
2: Mm.
0: that, that are, Like there, there wasn't really anybody. In this match except for maybe like. I don't know the fucking Berserker. Yeah. And the Warlord that was like. You know that's nobody. What a trash entrant. Like it was like. Everybody remembers IRS. Mm-hmm. And. Greg Valentine was a big guy back then. He put the figure four on Ric Flair, and that was crazy. And uh, you know, Snuka, like at that point, he was kind of on the downturn. Yeah, just everybody in that fucking match was like somebody mm. at some point.
1: Like I said in the beginning, every if, if you heard about all the legends, you know, since you're watching WWE now, pretty much all most of them are in this match. <laughs>
0: For real. Like you could watch anybody you could show this to anybody, like even if they weren't ever really a wrestling fan, and they would recognize some of the people in this match. Mm-hmm. I know that guy. It's Hogan. It's that's the the Slim Jim guy.
1: <laughs> it's um, it's Roddy Piper, the guy
0: from Town, From uh they live. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh yeah, like uh I gave it a nine out of ten. It, it's not just because all oh, it did something wrong necessarily. Mm-hmm uh it's to this point, so far, including all the royal rumbles I actually remember which most that would be most of the current ones mm-hmm. this is the best rumble I've seen uh there was just uh there were just a couple hitches and it was all like uh, the hogan thing kind of puts a damper on shit uh fucking <laughs> that part with macho man was like kind of confusing for for a moment mm-hmm. uh That's all, it's just like, it it was, I don't give out a rating like that for anything so far, I haven't. I think that's the highest I've rated a segment on here so far. So, that's worth taking note of, I think.
1: Yeah. So, I guess it comes down to, what is your final review of the whole pay-per-view?
0: I give this show an 8.0 out of 10. Wow. Overall.
1: Wow, and I gave it an 8.0. 0.0 0.0 out of 10 as well because the two matches that we thought that sucked or was okay kind of brought it down to a an name. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just thought it was a well-rounded pay-per-view. I fucking enjoyed it highly.
0: Yeah, I was... The Rumble especially was great. Like, the whole time I didn't get bored of anything or think anything was really bad about it necessarily at all. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, a lot of fun. And... It was noticeable. It was really noticeable that I was having a lot of fun with it because, in my opinion, a lot of the recent Royal Rumbles have not really been that good. Uh, I don't know. Something about the way they end or like the way that they play out throughout the match just they don't keep the pace up.
1: I think the 94 one is when uh, Lex Luger and Brett Hart go over at the same time.
0: Uh, I think it's like when...
1: Oh, no, that's 94. I'm sorry.
0: You said 94.
1: Oh, I... See? I'm look, I'm looking at 93 <laughs> right now, and I'm like, wait, did I just say 93 or 94? Yeah, so 94 is, uh... <clears throat> Bret Hart and fucking uh,
0: Lex Luger. Yeah. Um, you got any overall notes for the show that you, like, put a bow on it?
1: Not really. I, the, the last thing I said was, you know, I highly, <clears throat> highly was entertained by this, and so far it's probably in my top five at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's it's the best one I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Just got a little couple short notes here. Uh, this show gave me a newfound respect for Piper as an in-ring performer. Mm-hmm. I, it was never like I thought he wasn't good. I just thought he was kind of okay. But, and this goes back to, like, when I was saying, like, some people don't even really consider him good. I think that's just because they only ever saw him do stuff. Like, at WCW, after, like, he'd been injured so much and was getting kind of old. Like, if you go back and you, like, you see this match that they're building towards, like, with Bret Hart at WrestleMania for the IC title. Mm-hmm. Or, like, even just this. It's a short match. Watch this little five-minute, six-minute match with the Mountie. It's fun. Uh, he's got his niche. Uh, I was wondering where Brett was. He wasn't even on this show at all. They just showed him on a tape, and he was just not in it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like Macho Man in the last one. I was like, where the fuck was Savage? Was like He wasn't even mentioned on the show at all.
1: I'll probably had vacation time. Wanted to put them in.
0: I guess... Uh, and one thing I did notice for sure was uh, this rumble played out a lot more like how you know they usually go now in terms of, like, that first rumble we watched, there was a very clear babyface heel dynamic going on all the time. Mm-hmm. All the heels would attack the ba- only the babyfaces and vice versa. This time, everybody was attacking each other. There was some team-ups, some alliances, but... This this is more like how they usually go nowadays. Interesting, yeah.
1: All right, guys. So we are heading into Royal Rumble twenty fucking twenty, and uh, we already said our predictions. We uh, I I believe Zach said he thinks it's going to be Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be. Corbin, as far as we the- have a,
0: what about the women's one though? Did we talk about that.
1: Yeah, I forgot who I chose. I think I chose somebody like. Oh, I chose Sasha Banks.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. I I chose my my grounded in reality pick is Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. But if Ronda Rousey shows up suddenly, I think she's gonna win it.
1: Yeah. Because she has to have the title just like Brock Lesnar has to have the title.
0: It's either that or it's just like her and Becky finally get that singles match and then put it to rest Mm -hmm. or something. I don't know.
1: Who knows? Yeah, so here's how the schedule is going to happen. You're probably going to be listening to this uh, tomorrow, which is uh, or today I should say, the 24th, which tonight at 7 p.m. is hard times, brother. From NWA. N- hard-,
0: N- 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 hard times, daddy, hard times.
1: Yes, so uh, right after the bell, we're going to be talking about hard times. And then Saturday and Sunday, uh, Saturday is NXT TakeOver, and Sunday is Royal Rumble. We're not having an after the bell for those, because usually those events are like fucking five or six hours. And,
0: well, yeah, the NXT ones aren't, but yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. We're just going to be too tired with wrestling. So if you want to hear our reviews on that, that's going to be another big show um, probably next week.
0: Next Thursday.
1: Yeah, next Thursday. So keep an eye on that. Also, if you're into movies, we have Big Trouble little podcasts, which we are doing Gina Davis uh, movies. Uh, the, the next movie is The Fly. Uh, yeah. So keep an eye on that. And also, uh, soon we're going to be going back to Resident Evil after all this wrestling shit that we're doing right now. <laughs> we're going to be doing Resident Evil 5, so keep an eye on that. If you want to catch us, go to com. We also have our own website, which is nerdreview.com. And we're also on Spotify and iTunes. Just type in Nerd Review Network. But until next time, everybody, keep wrestling, brother.
0: Freak out! Freak
1: out! Peace.